to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is The Avengers. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or blurry. Press play and press pause when the Paramount logo fades to Tesseract. When it's all gone. When it's just blue and fire looking Fractal. Stuff. Uh, at the first frame you perceive of no more Paramount logo, press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. At which point, I'll press play. You'll press play. And we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, the four friends in your head. And those friends this week are myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hi. And Trey the Amazing Stokes. Okay. Um, Drew Goddard, man. He just had a hell of a summer. <laughs> he came out of the gate, man. Uh, just with Cabin just in the Rose, I think he... I don't. I don't think his co-writer gets enough credit, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was that. That was that Buffy guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I, he, I think so. We Drew Goddard awful. is my master now. I have a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, though. Joke aside, Josh Whedon. We probably will on the cafe press by the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe the stakes. And it seems to me, uh, when you look at the fact that a this is his sophomore film, this is his second movie. His first movie was Serenity, and his second movie is The Avengers. Joss Whedon works well under pressure. Uh, Joss Whedon works well when he's trying to tie together TV man. a bunch of stories that not yeah. everyone. Yeah. might have heard before and make sure that all the characters get their fan service from people who do know their whole stories but also work for people who don't and it's just a hard as hell movie to pull off and I again with Serenity um, not everyone loved Serenity uh, but I really liked it a lot and not everyone loved the Avengers but you wouldn't know it by the box office I think that Josh, is there anybody who doesn't I don't think I've encountered or there are people. Anybody. there are people who are lukewarm on it uh, I don't understand how that's possible because this movie seems like it shouldn't work at all and I think it pretty much fully does uh I, I have my hat is off to Jess Whedon. Not only does the movie actually function and colors are all, you know, seem to be properly calibrated, sound goes in sync with the film, and it has a, a running length and all those It maintains things. its aspect ratio the whole time. It actually there are seems, people talking and doing things. Yeah. Now I'm really curious to find out what he's going to do with Avengers 2 because I don't know whether he sees making the Avengers or making the Avengers 2 as the bigger challenge. But either way, I'm confident he can handle it because that's now two movies he's made. His first two movies that were both dubious endeavors to go into and they came out great as far as i'm concerned so go joss brian how'd you feel about the avengers i i loved it i it was i was very curious i think we talked about it on some commentary maybe thor or something i was very curious to see you know a common pitfall in superhero and comic book movies is in the sequel they will have too many villains well we can't just have catwoman we gotta have catwoman and the penguin and whatever and or Venom ends, whatever. I was very curious to see how this would play as kind of the flip of that. You know, it's not too many villains, but too many heroes, potentially. And how are you really going to divide that? And of course, the obvious answer is, well, you pit them against each other for the first two acts. And then the third act is that, which, of course, Joss Whedon does masterfully. Uh, there's so many different separate tightropes that he's walking that he manages to to do so so well not absolutely perfectly but like 99 percent out of 100 would and it could have been a complete abysmal failure uh it could have so easily just collapsed in on itself this complete complex structure of a summer blockbuster that made up the corner for years it's like the voltron thing it's like all these other blockbuster movies yeah. came <laughs> together and assembled into one ultra blockbuster <laughs> and didn't collapse in on itself in this horrible abortion um so to say you're impressed would be adequate yeah, to say I'm impressed would be a, an understatement. Yeah, it's, it's Joss Whedon, guys. Dorkman Scott. Yeah, what's going on with the Avengers in in your brain, man? Uh, I think it has I, it been over advertised there too. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> just, just stop it. Um, <laughs> no, it, I, I'm with you guys. I mean, I think a certain. I think a lot of people are reacting to the negative reaction to Avengers is just the, you know, the the push and pull of 
you hear so many good things about it, and it's like, well, okay, it's not Citizen Kane or anything, but it's it's exactly what you're saying. The fact that this movie works even adequately is a triumph, (laughs) creatively as (laughs) far as I'm concerned. And the fact that it's and the fact that I think it's a it's actually a really good movie and it's certainly a really good superhero movie uh, is is just uh, phenomenal. Trey, if I had to use one word to describe your relationship with pre-release Avengers, <laughs> it would be long-suffering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling walking into the movie when you finally were like, all right, movie, you said it's, you'd release my family. It's like this. when you know you need heart bypass surgery and you put it off and you put it off, but you know you know you have to have it. So right. it's like, at least it's going to be over. What, I might die on the table, but one way or the other, this shit's going to be over. So that was my All I know is tomorrow I no in. longer have to be marketed at. Exactly. I, I will live in a post-having released Avengers world. Did and that so make that you extra great. skeptical going in or were you just I, you like, know, I, oh, fuck it, just go. After all was said and done, I, you know, and I, I think, I, I forget when I saw it, I saw it fairly early on. I think I might have seen it the first day. Um, not like Midnight Show. I didn't right. go to Midnight Show. I think I saw it. I think I saw, weekend, I think I saw it Friday. I think I saw it the Friday. Um, and the word was already out. Like, you know, of course there was the giant full page newspaper. It's the greatest movie of all time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. But I, I didn't expect it to suck because I do think Joss Whedon's very talented. And, and so I figured, okay, it's going to be okay it's going to have some you know a baseline it's going to be okay and uh, you know i saw it and i and i you know i enjoyed it you know and, and I, I i saw it I, I in fact i saw it again within the week i saw it it's the only movie this year i've seen twice in the theater mostly because there was nothing else worth watching right <laughs> and i wanted to go to the movies again they're like i'll just watch the avengers again um partly to see if i could figure out the plot which i was unable <laughs> to do after two viewings but who the fuck cares that it does this movie like the plot what who cares same the, as uh, jj there's Starship. a guy with horns and he wants a glowy thing fuck it whatever just you know well, have, but he have, has mark, glowy thing, have but... mark ruffalo say funny shit that's what i came to see you know? right so and uh you know and it's 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 the big the big picture is completely meaningless and completely you know doesn't matter who cares for me what's great about the movie and what makes it fun is is the Joss Whedon parts where the one character says that amazingly snarky hysterical thing to the other character. That's, those are the great moments, you know, those are right. the Joss Whedon moments. What makes it great. Um, so that's, I think what Joss Whedon brought to it was, you know, probably any of a dozen, you know, Matthew Vaughn could have made a perfectly credible Avengers, but what I particularly like about the Avengers was Joss Whedon brought his Joss Whedon game and, and those amazing little character moments are what right. really sets it apart for me. They have personalities, yeah. which, which is what was so great about Iron Man in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Comes out of the gate and it was, it was just, it felt different you know it's like you know iron man ain't superman it's you know it's not like it didn't treat the subject matter with this glowy reverence and you know it actually allowed to sort of self-mock and and so on it's a living breathing hungover movie exactly so so again i you know i don't i don't know what happens in this movie and i don't care what happens in this movie i just you know this movie literally for me is the is the epitome of the a movie is successful if you have like five great scenes that people remember. Like that was an awesome scene. You yeah, know? and and it has those for me. So you're at the point where the Paramount twenty. It's the one with the stars. My, Paramount. My, my Paramount. brain is falling out of my head right now. The Paramount logo has faded to complete tesseract. Oh, that's why. Uh, like we are here. Uh, put your finger on the button. Three, two, one. On pause. And yet again, we have to say that uh, for all actual factual. Joss Whedon history related things just go to Whedon-esque um, we try <laughs> or they hate us because God knows they come here <laughs> anyway well you oh, know they, they have every right to because God knows we go to Whedon-esque all the time and post in their forums nah. and just make a general mess of things so no wonder they, they're they pissed yeah but, so. I, 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 uh, I also should say I, I worked on this a little bit I even God have what it, I even have I, I didn't really so, do and anything and you haven't recused cool. yourself huh yeah, yeah. 
No, I did. I, I did your name the. On this uh, piece of shit? I worked on this. I I did actually. I got I got a credit in this out of nowhere. I had no idea until some people saw it and told me that they saw my name. But I worked on the I worked on the 3D conversion. So which Joss loved. Odds are really good. Listening to the commentary, he was like over the moon about the 3D conversion because he was talking about how how he was really really worried because when he was writing it, he just went out to see some 3D conversion movies and he was like, not so much with that stuff. And he was just constantly impressed with how well it worked. He was even he even made a point at one point about how the 3D conversion actually helped, not helped, but sort of augmented and helped with supported the some storytelling. I will say I've stuff. seen talking I've about seen, Jeremy Renner's face. We were we were was, uh, I've seen several 3D movies in the theater at this point. Most usually not by choice. If I can avoid 3D in the theater, I do. This was the first movie where I saw it in 2D first, and then I went, okay, I'm going to go check it out again. I'm going to see it again. I'll check it out in 3D. And this is. Along with the re-release of Titanic, this was you know the first movie that I was like, okay, that this doesn't bother me. This works. Yeah. Those were and those were the same company. I, I didn't I didn't get to work on Titanic. It was happening simultaneously with this one, um, and so I was I was working on this one. But yeah, that's that's good to hear because we were being told by our supervisors that Joss was really happy. But that may have but just been to know. keep us in the minds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Joss says he's really happy. You guys keep your heads yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Don't make eye contact. Keep going. He, Joss will be so angry, you guys, <laughs> if we don't get this done. <laughs> I Joss, the glorious leader yeah. loves you and your work i He's do have to say though I, I i i did having once sat down and finally the the lights went down and this thing started for the first 20 minutes i was like oh shit this is a shame because it, the irony the colossal irony of course is that after ruining a dozen half a dozen other movies by intruding into them yeah. the avengers wait 30 minutes to show up in their own goddamn movie yeah. right <laughs> it's like i'm like when when are we going to have some goddamn avengers we've still got you know black eye patch and some girl i've never seen before who apparently is on a television show talking about shit i don't even care about it's and sparkles where dude. where are the avengers for fuck's sake so yeah in this you know, this whole remember that subplot from Thor that didn't make any goddamn sense. We're going to spend thirty minutes rehashing that just to get the story going. So this this movie needs a cut act one like crazy. The, was my vote on it. That's, on that it's, point, it's, I was going to say about Brian was saying that Avengers semi didn't totally, but semi fixed Iron Man two. Well, okay, we, well, we reverse engineered Iron Man two. Well, and tried to reverse engineer Thor. It makes Iron Man two a better movie for the box set. I exactly. Guess. Yeah. So I rewatched pieces of Iron. Like I. Elon Musk has a cameo in Iron Man 2. So, like, I would just want to watch that scene. And then I watch that scene and end up watching from then on the rest of the movie. And I was like, this Iron Man 2 is still not a good movie. But, and your your criticisms of, yes, the Avengers is intruding into Iron Man 2 are still valid criticism. It's very much here are two unrelated pieces of a story awkwardly stitched together. But in a post Avengers world, the Avengers half, I think, is the better or more sensical half than the uh, whiplash half. Right. And so, I mean, at least in, when you're looking at it in terms of the box set, <laughs> I think people in the future are going to look at the whiplash half of Iron Man 2. Yeah, as the superfluous part. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why did that have to intrude on a perfectly good Avengers installment? Ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I still don't, even after this movie, it's like, I just, apparently in the comic books, Nick Fury does things. He has yet to do anything of any importance in an Avengers movie well, or an Avengers cameo other than, like, be Sam Jackson. I mean, the, the entire importance of this character is entirely based on the fact that it's played by Sam Jackson, who we already assume is cool, but 
Nick Fury doesn't ever actually do a damn thing. He's Mace Windu. Exactly. He's Mace Windu again. Same thing. It's like, yeah, what did Mace Windu ever do but lose a fight? Right. <laughs> he got thrown out the window. <laughs> you know, um, and yet somehow it's cool because it's Sam Jackson. Well, is the only point, reason. Though, because I had the same thing. Like, it doesn't bother me so much because I wasn't expecting to even like this movie and I love it. But I, I had no really good, clear sense of, A, what Nick Fury's role was. I know that he was the sort of offshoot guy from S.H.I.E.L.D. who arranged for the Avengers because he knew them or something. And I certainly didn't know what... Kobe Smolders. I don't know her character's name off the top of my head. Agent something. Maria Hill. Maria Hill. Uh, I, I certainly didn't know what her thing was. And I was surprised in the uh, watching the deleted scenes. I got the Blu-ray last night. Uh, watching through the deleted scenes. He wrote like a, I think he wrote like a 190 page script and they, you know, you kept as much as they could, but there's a whole big chunks that make a lot of the rest of the movie make more sense in the, in the deleted scenes. One of which that I really liked explores what the relationship between Maria Hill and Nick Fury is, which explains both of them better than the movie actually able is able to do. Uh, not the least of which is that she doesn't like him at all. And it takes the better part of the movie for her to see. And, and he makes one call that she is so thrown off by that when he explains it to her it makes everything else make it's just an interesting dynamic they have between each other but she's not a big fan of him until later in the movie and i think the turning point is still in the movie which is when she finds out spoiler i guess that colson's cards his little playing cards that were such an important you know manipulating tool for fury to get the avengers to come together in the third act uh, weren't even in his jacket when he died he actually took them out of his locker, rubbed them in his blood, and then threw, like waggled them in front of the yeah. Avengers and said, look what you did. And she was like, what the fuck, man? That's, that, is the one, that is the one thing that, that was interesting about Nick Fury. I'm like, whoa, Nick Fury is You're dark, dude. Kind, of a, yeah. kind of a bad guy. See, I would like <laughs> to see that. That's, I, would like, I, I heard about that scene or that concept. Yeah. And I thought, well, see, that would have been something. You know, that would have been something for him to do. It's, it's, I mean, at least here he gets to, like, you know, fight a guy and, and inexplicably not be killed yeah. by the power of a god. And when, but, that's, but how, that's how it works in these movies. I like the idea that it started pushing him in the direction of the ends justifying the means, because you because a character will go off the cliff real quick when yeah. the, once they start going down that path. Well, so. he, he he exists in that moral gray area. Yeah. The whole scene about yeah, we we're building weapons. Yes, we're using this alien tech to build weapons. Yeah, I mean that's that's in the same world. That's in true. The same world of character. So I I guess I like that. I like the potential that. I don't know if that's the way it is that's in the Avengers comics. Avengers 3 is the Avengers have to fight Nick Fury. They have to stop Nick yeah. Fury because he's lost the his Joss mind. Joss called me. Crazy, crazy Nick Fury. The And the other thing that uh, now the, you see Maria Hill or whatever the character, now, now that's that's also a, ca- a comic character. I mean, that's it's an established yeah. character, which yeah. is why, again, knowing nothing about the Avengers and, and never will, I was completely confused by the events of this one because she so clearly was going to die and so clearly died. Yes. And then so clearly wasn't dead. And crawls out somehow. And somehow it's like yeah. she, she's... She's clearly there to be the one that Scarlett Johansson has to come replace, except for the part where she didn't die, which didn't make it, even though a mountain fell on her and she still didn't die. And I was just like, again, the whole first half of this movie, this whole 30 minutes or whatever this, you know, God awful sequences, it's just like, get to know her. I was really, I was really concerned. I was like, oh my God, I have, this movie is even worse than I thought it was going to be. Somehow, somehow even, even Joss Whedon couldn't make this crap interesting. And, And it's just the fact that, None of this is necessary, and it's it's just a whole it's it's a big big old dollop of fan service. It's, it's a it's a teaser. I mean, basically, it's an extended teaser before you get yeah. to the the title sequence. This will make but, a hell of a deleted scene if they ever get around to deleting it. <laughs> but yeah, it's not it's not strictly necessary. 
One of the other things I liked about those deleted scenes, and there are more, but there's germane to the conversation about Nick Fury and uh, Maria Bamford. Um, Maria Bello. Uh, is that I love a lot of there. I think there are still aspects of her giving her, I, I guess, testimony in the court case and the investigation about what happened in New York. Uh, but there's a lot of it's a retrospective. And one of the I think one of the other openings of the movie was literally just starting with her being interviewed by someone and saying, you want to know what went wrong in New York and how this, you know, catastrophe happened and, and, and you know, playing it very serious. And it ends in a, in a line that she, t- it's a kind of a drop the mic moment for her that I love that the movie didn't forget that it had played this card, which is you realize you guys tried to nuke New York, right? You guys, not us. You were going to drop nukes on New York. Yeah. We had, you know, let's just bear in mind. There's a little bit of moral relativity going on here. Relativity. Eh, whatever. Subjectivity? Relativism. Relativism. I have a lot of relativisms. <laughs> I don't see them that often. They live in Seattle. I will say, as far as the um, as far as the shield thing goes, the fact that again to kind of uh, praise Josh and you know Drew uh, yeah. for for what they did here is uh, did I say Josh? Josh. Did, I meant Josh. Josh. I meant let, Josh. We let it slide. Yeah, we're allowed to go. Ethel Merman. Yeah. My face anyway It'll be swell. Um, It'll be great. i'm Im- i'm impressed that he he managed to because it's important later on that you care about colson because the whole you know third act hinges on on agent colson and to me he is the signal he is he's the 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 parakeet in the mind that the movie is going horribly wrong because in every other Marvel movie, he shows up and it's like, oh, here's S.H.I.E.L.D. to fuck it all up, uh, to, right. to completely you're, derail the movie. You here's you the Avengers Pav- commercial to intrude yeah. on my perfectly You have a Pavlovian response to Coulson Yeah, now? so I have this response like, to Coulson where I'm like, and here is where the movie breaks. He is here to destroy it. I think he does really well in this movie. I like He does do really well. And the yeah. fact, well, the fact that... It's no fault of the actor. Yeah. He's oh, no, yeah, yeah. No, but f- I actually like the character in this movie more. The fact that Whedon was actually able to recover and and make the character more interesting than just coming around and being like aggravated at the main character of the movie he's in yeah um and and make me care about him and and give a character to him is really impressive quite frankly now let me ask you especially guys- when he's he's already got all those seven other characters he's got to do that with he's got to do he's doing colson too yeah. <laughs> this, this is here it's just blew me away he's like you're dead. You're yeah. dead. A mountain fell on you. What kind of like weird? It's like yeah, the, that definitely threw me off. That's when like the instant. Out. That's like the instant fan film version. It's like she shouldn't have died. Here's my version of how where she didn't die. Right. It's like a fan edit where we 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 shot a scene of her where she's talking to Colson on the radio. Rolls out of the no. I'm sorry. Perfect makeup. Yeah. Your movie is bogus, and you should feel bad. That chick died. <laughs> Alan Silvestri. Um, I'm you know. I love Alan Silvestri. Uh, there's not an Alan Silvestri so, score where I've noticed and said, I wonder who did the score on this that I've not liked. Anyway, so now that the cartoon's over and the movie's starting, there's, it but gets good. On the other hand, there's very rarely an Alan Silvestri score that I've listened to and gone, I wonder who did the score on this. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, there's some selection bias. but I, I, I'm obviously highly biased against his Abyss score, which I really think is fantastic. And, you know, the, uh, that. the thing is, I'm not And, a you know, huge, Back to the Future, not bad either. The, uh, the Avengers phrase, the, the, the statement okay. they use. Here's where it suddenly Joss Whedon shows up for work. And what's mm-hmm. crazy is he uh, wrote this scene for something he made a long time ago, and they never ended up making the other thing. I'm sure. Like, it's like, oh, can I do the, the chair scene now? This, this scene could have been in Nikita. It could have been in Buffy. It could have 
with anything, you know, oh, yeah, anything but Roseanne. It's really and funny. probably would have been great there. No, she would have broken the chair. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just and that's what I was going to talk about a second ago is when we say. I'm so glad Joss Whedon is doing this project. It sounds like we're just being Mr. God, I loved Firefly and Buffy. And I, but what is what is actually Joss specifically equipped for that helps him with a movie or a challenge like this? What is it about Joss that makes you go, this might work? The There's, fact that he's a third generation TV writer? That's part of it. But, but specifically, obviously, Firefly being the great example, but all of his shows are an example of ensemble writing where yes. as you were saying everyone gets their moment and somehow yeah. the story keep, the story keeps on moving forward and and you don't go look i don't want to hear about that person in third grade and yet somehow he still gets that information in there it's not to, not going to devolve into two of the nine characters having a you know a relationship yeah. and it's just about them God, actually thinking about it, I would really love to see Joss Whedon do a Star Trek movie because that was always Star yeah. Trek's problem is, yeah. okay, we have this entire TV ensemble cast. How do we... How do we give Sulu and Ahura, you know... An Usually they do it by going, okay, this is going to be the Sulu episode. And, you know, well, on TV, give, yeah. Exactly. And the problem has always been, how do you translate that to the big screen? Right. Oh, well, it's just a Kirk Spock thing. But, uh, yeah, Whedon, I think, would be the only one that could really do that large of a cast on the big screen, Justice. Mike, what, what impresses you about Joss and his screenwriting prowess? I guess his creative prowess in general. Well, he's got a... he's He's always had a great understanding of structure just in general i mean he's he's toy story very close to the guy who taught pixar how to do it and then pixar spent you know 15 years get, getting articles written about him by people going how do they do it <laughs> um so you know it's he's got freaky. that going if you go for back him. and watch toy story his name is right there in the beginning credits yeah he's got that going for him and he's great at at ensemble character writing he and it, really the main thing is that he understands characters he doesn't he he understands story structure and, and plot and all of that but he also understands that when you're watching it the only reason that you really care is if you're invested in the characters so the characters it it, it is about the characters the characters have a personality um i it, it may be I don't know if it's a generational thing or what it is, but it happens to be that the personality that Joss almost uh, you know across the board I, I can't think of any counterexamples. So the the Joss Whedon personality that characters have when they are written by him is something that appeals to me very much and appeals to to a lot of us obviously, which is why he's he's been so popular with with a uh, a certain demographic and and is now much more popular because the Avengers got him out there. And in the chat, VFX plead points out he's written a bunch of great comics from Marvel. He, he has a relationship with those guys. Yeah, he wrote okay. Astonishing I mean, he's for just, a while. He's just, he, he's hyper-qualified for this. And that's why, you know, it boils down to people say he was the only guy who could pull that off. And I don't think that's just, God, I love Firefly. I think that's, Joss has a few... You know, he's a very particular set of skills. Yeah. And you put him in a room where it's like, all right, we have two years to make the biggest movie of all time with a bunch of comic book characters that have nothing in common. Uh, they're a team. Go. Um, can we have five years? Nope. Uh, now it's nine months. Well, you know, again, Pray I don't alter it any further. Decades of TV writing experience certainly yeah, helps. Turn it around. In that, he in that, he, he uh, mentioned regard. at one point he was writing, shooting, and editing on the same day, which is... <laughs> That's TV, too. Yeah. That's just how you roll. Welcome to TV. All right. Mark Ruffalo around the room. <laughs> Love I'm, him. I, st I still have yet to see the Norton uh, Incredible Hulk. Yeah, me too. I haven't seen uh, it. But Ruffalo, I think Ruffalo is the best. I've seen pieces of Norton as Hulk and Bruce Banner, but I think Ruffalo is far and away the best. Did you ever read any Hulk comics? You were, a comic you were kind of a comics guy. 
I'm somewhat of a comics guy, but not Hulk specifically. I've read some Avengers stuff, mostly X-Men stuff, so Hulk has shown up, but I've never read Hulk specifically. Just never really interested you. Did th- does this movie version of Bruce Banner slash Hulk interest you more than the books did? Or at least the books that you had available to you? Well, I think, and I think we talked about this, or Trey has expressed this opinion, is, or at least I know other people have. It's like, the Hulk is not enough to sustain you know a continuous story it's this is this feels like just the right amount of story that you can hang on the hulk and and bruce banner and you 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 really can't do that much more it's like well here it is he he learns to control this thing or he doesn't and there you go um i guess that's why the hulk never interested me i was i was always more about the x-men because there were so many pieces to it that you know they're the X-Men as a, as a storyline, there's enough pieces to keep you interested over the long haul in a way that I don't really think exists with the Hulk. So I'm, I'm already on record in whichever other commentary it was where I you know, that, that in a world of the comic book world where, you know, when we say a, that's a comic book thing, you know, we're talking about generally an inherently ridiculous idea. Yeah. You know, it's about high school kid gets bitten by a radioactive spider and suddenly has spider powers. Oh, that happened that's, to me. That's so comic booky, you know, and, and in the world where even we can go, yes, there is a guy from another planet who can, you know, fly and is invulnerable. And there's another guy who's so rich that he can make himself into a, you know, amazing crime fighter. And there's another guy who is a spider in that world, in that world with that as the baseline for me, Hulk is the fucking stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. And I swear to God, I, I, I know that somewhere there's going to be a secret history of Marvel when Stanley or someone's going to go, oh, God, we were so high that day. We were so <laughs> drunk. And Bill in accounting said, I just came up with, like, the stupidest. Guys, this is ridiculous. And they said, you know what? I bet if we made a comic book out of that, idiots would buy that shit. Oh, I'm sure. That's, that's my – it's it's the whole the, – the Hulk, I just avoided the whole Hulk. And I, admittedly – my knowledge of the Hulk is, you know, I think of the Hulk, I think of Lou Ferrigno and, Bruce, and, you know, and Bill Bixby. You know, I think of a really cheesy 80s television show that, yeah, that's about as best as that whole concept of a guy who gets mad and becomes a giant green monster. That's the best that deserves, you know, just, right. okay, fine. Yeah, it's pulpy, stupid children's show. And, and so I've never seen a Hulk movie. I, I've seen, I see the trailer for either of those Hulk movies. I, I crack up so hard. I just go, my God, a whole bunch of grown people had to show up day after day and treat that shit serious. That must have been so rough. I just, I can't picture myself, you know, if I, God forbid I'd ever got hired on a Hulk movie where I just go, okay, guys, seriously, this is what we're doing with our lives. Am I the Ma- only one, I the only one who, who understands how fucking stupid this is? So, you know, okay, not a Hulk fan. That's my point. And, uh, and in the end, you know, I'm agreeing with basically what Brian said. It's like this movie had just enough Hulk, which wasn't much. That's you know, that's yeah. the first thing. It's not a whole movie trying to make that stupid concept a story. It's just a subplot, and it's exactly as much subplot as it should be. Is he gets mad, he turns into a big green thing. Well, okay, good, he's done. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. And <laughs> that's let's just, ten minutes. And let's just have him be funny when he's not the green guy, and let's have him be funny when he is the green guy, and give him a couple of good moments in each, and we'll walk away from that whole bullshit thing and and move on. And that's that's this is exactly as much Hulk as I can stand, and it was handled exactly exactly well. And I thought exactly it was perfectly. an interesting exercise in problem solving because for that reason, Hulk can be kind of hard to write, evidently. Um, and the way they deal with even Bruce Banner, aside from the fact that he's, you know, the expert on gamma rays, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they have him on the you know ship for ostensibly that reason. The way the movie uses him isn't even really exploring Bruce Banner as much. Obviously, they gave him a layer, which is thanks for that. 
two layers of a character. That's that's good. We'll start there. Uh, they gave him a layer, and he's you know, shield for lack of a better word, shielded and guarded about it. But the way that movie uses him is not to tell his story. It's to watch how Tony reacts to him, and yeah. Tony's interest in him tells you more about actually I, Tony's star. Yeah, I love that they just become besties like out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so that's great. a great deal. That's a great thing. Now uh, I think John might be the only one in the room because John's still visiting with us. Um, that was Jenny Agutter, right? That was the thing about that. That was the Jenny Agutter cameo. Sure. Okay, I yeah. think I remember that um, the 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 female you know overlord there. I, I think I remember seeing that somewhere that it was Jenny Agutter, and I was like, oh, awesome. Captain America is one of my. I think he's probably my favorite non Iron Man character in this group. I, mm-hmm. I like I like Ruffalo's banner a lot, but I, Captain America just really works for me, and I don't understand exactly why. But it seems. When I'm watching the movie, I'm loving it until Hugo Weaving shows up. And not because Hugo Weaving is an awesome, exactly. but because, I, 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 you know, the Red Skull guys, not so much. But I just like Captain America. He seems like a plausible yeah. character. I do want to say real quick about um, Ruffalo as well. Uh, a perfect example of sometimes the internet just needs to chill out and shut up. Because when <laughs> yeah. that when that happened... They like people were people were up in arms about Norton replacing Norton uh, about him yeah. replacing Norton. Yeah. They were up in, and they were like Mark Ruffalo. Who the fuck is that? And obviously he won't <laughs> who does be he able think to he is? handle it. I'm a guy on the internet. It was yeah. totally. Don't it was, they realize that I'm on the internet? It was so ridiculous. I was I was at the panel at Comic Con where they I don't I don't remember if it was an Avengers panel or if they just kind of fell out that way. I think but I remember they, when you told the story, yeah, before, they yeah. they wound up. They wound up bringing out the cast of the Avengers. Like they just yeah. finalized that the announcement had just happened. That and there was this, you know, they were applauding because you know they were all there. Sam Jackson Ooh. and Robert Downey Jr. and all that Ooh. stuff. And then and then uh, and then Mark Ruffalo comes out last because and that whole thing had just kind of happened. And and it, they were there was applause, but it it got chilly like immediately when yeah. he came out. I bet somebody was like, "Oh shit, we shouldn't have put him last. Yeah, we should have put him in the middle." And yeah. it was it was just. I, I was, you know, I was tweeting about it or whatever it was I was going, and I was like, "Give him a chance, nerds!" Uh, and <laughs> and sure enough, at the end, most of the reviews I read and people talking about it online, Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner was the favorite, you know, yeah. the, the hands down favorite aspect of this movie. So. I can imagine Ed Norton's working, but I think this is a really superficial thing to say, but I think Mark Ruffalo looks just physically looks more sympathetic than sure. Ed Norton. Ed yeah. Norton's kind of a pointy guy. He's a little more, more squinty. And Mark <laughs> Ruffalo has these big Pixar eyeballs and he's so sad, Dr. Banner. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's more teddy. He's more of a teddy bear. Exactly. He yeah. really is. And, you know, I think that Edward Norton could have done the same role in the same movie, but, you know, I, I, I am, I do not begrudge Mark Ruffalo getting the job and I think he did a really good job with it. And I, I look forward to, I think the Norton, oh, I, I was about the, to say I look forward to a Hulk movie, but nah. <laughs> I think the Norton, uh, Robert Downey Jr. dynamic would have been very interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that I think that would be a very interesting dynamic to see. But I love you know Ruffalo yeah. in this, and I think he's probably a better Hulk than Norton was. Yeah. Uh, that's speculation. So that's as, as far as you were saying about Captain America, and that, that's the other thing. You know, as as far as this movie goes, and I think to be fair, in in all of the individual movies, it might be a little tough with Thor, but I think all the characters were done that they're they're likable. Yeah, the movies were not necessarily great, but they were at least likable to start out with. So yeah. they're they're all like, and and of course here, like I said, I like the the personality that that Joss injects into all his characters, and he injects that a little bit into all of these characters as well. So that makes yeah. them even more likable to me. Um, but I I think the the thing about Captain America is that he's got he's got this innocence to him. He's like a big kid almost, yeah. you know, and, and I think especially putting that up against the incredibly 
the incredibly cynical uh, Tony Stark. Yeah, that that presents a uh, really the, great the, contrast. The juxtaposition between Stark and Captain America is yeah. is great. It's perfect and it's it's central to the movie, and I think rightly so. It's it's a comparison between here are these opposite ways of handling a situation and the the scene uh where they they have the argument about you know tony has bugged the computer and he's just waiting for the computer to process because he's because he's saying yeah something is fishy here mm-hmm. and something is up and you may not see it because you're too goody two shoes about it and captain america just kind of goes off and breaks down a door and find you know finds a thing and it's like it's two opposite contrasting approaches that you know both right come together uh produce something more than the sum of their parts. Yeah. And Captain America, there's a bunch of big laugh lines in this movie, but he gets the one that was my favorite, which is when someone makes a reference yeah. and Thor goes, I don't get that. And he goes, I do. No, that yeah. one I got. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Because they make a Wizard of Oz reference. Because Thor, it's, well, it's interesting because you usually, sometimes you have a character that's, you know, doesn't get the references and then you make a joke off of that of, oh, well, he doesn't get the Star Wars reference that I yeah. made. Ah, ha, ha. Here they actually have two, yeah. but they they managed to use that for to, for an even better one of those moments yeah. by having one of them get a, a reference and the other not. I like Gwyneth in this movie more than the other two. Yeah, she's she, she really gets is well handled in this one. It's and, just a shame that they're. No, I guess they do. I was going to say it's a shame that they don't really resolve their romantic plotline in Iron Man Two. But I guess they do. They do. They 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 do. They, well, he also they they, they're together now. I mean, that's yeah. they, they've allowed they've allowed them to like move on to like okay, they're they're a couple now, and it's 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 a thing, you know. And, yeah, and, and there they, was a they have that comfort with each other, which is fun to see. A liberty they took, which was theirs to take, was that there is even a progression of the relationship from Iron Man two to this yeah. uh, that will pay off in Iron Man three. You, you know what I think helps the sorry, just I'm just realizing what helps the Coulson transition <laughs> from yeah. aggravation to is this scene this is scene the, is. Huge. Huge is this is the scene with this is almost a hang a lantern scene because Tony is the audience being like this fucking guy. Oh, it's again. the agent guy. Oh, his, his first name is Agent. Yeah. yeah, and then and then slowly it, progressing it, yeah, into him, him, him becoming more of a person and doing that. it just the right, right way. I mean, you do, the way you do that is to make it natural and organic. You don't put it center stage, so it's literally in the background. You know, oh, how's the violin chick? Oh, she moved back, and yeah. she's like, oh, that's that sucks. We're gonna fix that. And, yeah, you know, it's a very human. You know, uh, it's like, oh, wait, he's a person. That's right. Yeah, it's a very human interaction, but it's also kind of in the background. So it's yeah. it's not you don't feel like it's it's been shoved at you. Mm-hmm. And and it, part of it is because you don't I think you don't realize it. You don't realize that you're learning about Colson in that moment, because what you think you're really seeing is the difference between Tony and, and Pepper Pe- Pepper and the way they treat him. Yeah, he he treats him. He's being a dick to him because that's Tony Stark, right. and she's very. She knows about his, you know, his personal life and she, stuff like that. Yeah, and, well, just based on context, you can tell. Okay, they've actually had conversations yeah. as human beings yeah. back and forth to each other. Exactly, and uh, so it, like you, like you were saying, it tricks you into thinking of him as a human without you realizing that that's what's happening. Cunning. Yeah. Well, any good writing is going to have any scene, any good, well-written scene is going to have at least two things going on at once, if not more. So yeah. this is why you like, and it, and the most important time to do that is when you have a lot of boring exposition to get through. And so Tony's got to have boring, okay, what's the magic bean for this one? Exposition for just right. a second. And so, okay, then you have, yeah, have them, other, ba- have, have them that other layer in the background. Yeah. This is one of my favorite scenes. And then, and then, yeah. Oh, is oh this... and then to segue right into that, I, I didn't, 
the I scene with Captain that America. This, that yeah. these were two yeah. directly connected. Yeah, him nerding out on Captain America immediately after, I think, yeah. is yeah. The, the, the one-two punch there is what well, really Coulson's the one character that hasn't had his own movie. Yeah. He's yeah. the only one who's going to freaking die. <laughs> so, you know, it's like we have to, like, he's the one who we're going to care about. So yeah. we have to, you know. And he's always been, he's always been fun. I mean, you know, the, the Coulson character, you know, that, that, you know, the weird, cold, you know, calculating company guy that he's always been in all the movies has always been fun to watch. You know, it's like, again, he is the herald of this is where the movie itself turns bad. Yeah. But again, it's not the character or the actor that's at fault there. So, uh, so yeah, there, it, is, <laughs> it, is, it is funny that there's like this crash course in, in, you know, suddenly making Carol Coulson into a full character yeah. just so we can kill him. Yeah. Oh, Joss. <laughs> Joss, you bastard. And who's talking about that? Yeah, that's that? the thing. There's there's always the gag about he kills your favorite character. He took, like, the least favorite character, made, made him, him your, your favorite, favorite character, character just, just so he kill could him. kill him. Well, there was a point he made. He wanted to be very clear about the, the commentary. He's like, I got... It was not my idea. It was actually Feige's idea to have Coulson die Kevin in this Feige. movie. Um, the guy who's been producing all these Marvel movies and kind of keeping the universe together. And Josh just looked at him and said, you know they're never going to stop giving me shit for this, right? You know my <laughs> reputation for just killing everyone? The okay. whole world is going to As long as we me. both know that this will be your fault and they'll think it's mine, I'm willing to do this. But then I think he had a lot of fun writing the death scene. So I, uh, He's a so very twisted man. Matt Hingston, who has been on one or Revolutions, at least. He's at least on, on Revolutions. A, on at least I think it might have been two. I don't I don't remember the uh, he's a really tall gaffer friend yes well everything uh, friend everything on set friend yeah he po- and po- he's tall at everything too yes he's, <laughs> he's so tall at everything he's very tall uh posted a picture on his facebook feed on the saturday afternoon a uh, picture of colson with the, <laughs> right. with the caption of uh i'm a leaf on the wind watch how i soar and i went you motherfucker i commented it and he he replied back what you haven't seen it yet this was Saturday afternoon. This was 36. It had been out for 36 hours, less than. Wouldn't it be amazing if he thought you meant Serenity? He's like, look, if you haven't seen Serenity by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, this, this high school play that suddenly shows up yeah. here is, is weird. It's like, it's like a, they're doing a Bible pageant all of a sudden. <laughs> Joseph and the Technicolor Tesseract. Technicolor Tesseract <laughs> and the Tesseract Dreamcoat. Yeah, so again, this, this is where I kind of go, yeah, whatever. Okay, just I'm sure this will be over soon, right? Whatever. Whatever they're talking about that doesn't matter and and is really really yeah really, it's, for me it's a hard sell all this thor lisa frank world stuff yeah it's hard and to and, and that you know was, unfortunately like this is too. this is also going to be the as as we discover in the the post or mid credits or whatever uh with the guy who I don't even Thanos I think is his name Thanos, was it yeah. was explained to me you know yeah. but much like is that, is that the thing at the end yeah, yeah. oh I have, to, I have a story about that much like much book. like the well much like the Tesseract and Thor like there's this big reveal at, after the credits and you know a quarter of the audience gasps and the yeah. rest of us are going what what, what? was that yeah someone uh, I, someone I, who just made a noise just nerds. run down to the front yeah. and start explaining it to the rest someone of us someone turn my, around and tell us this my well that's ex- and i had exactly that experience I, uh, my 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 theory was you know from the brief glimpse we saw i was like oh it's gonna be oh hugo weaving's coming back well i guess that's not the worst the possible guy thing from captain america yeah i mean there's how many red face skull heads are there in the marvel universe apparently a lot <laughs> so uh but literally uh just uh, we'll skip I'll, I'll skip to the end of the movie and just tell the story is I watched the movie in the theater. I think it might have been the second time. I can't, whichever time I was there. Um, went by myself, sat, you know, my own row. It wasn't completely full. So uh, it was probably, um, you know, maybe it was this the second week when I went to see it. Uh, but it's still, you know, good the good house because obviously the thing was very popular and many people went to see it. Um, the, the movie ended and the credits were rolling. 
and and the lights came up, you know, halfway because who watches credits and people can leave. And a woman behind me who was with, I presume her date, her boyfriend, her husband, whoever she was, but she she wasn't alone. A woman in the row behind me leaned over, <laughs> tapped me on the shoulder. Don't know her. She doesn't know me. We had no prior contact in our lives. And she goes, who was that at the end? <laughs> Apparently, because, and I'm just guessing, and it's fair. It's a fair cop. Apparently, I look like the guy who would know. <laughs> and uh, and so I went, I honestly don't know. I think maybe it's the guy from the end of Captain America. And she was like, oh, okay. You know, I was like, but I, but I don't know. I'm not actually the guy to know. You know, and then it was like, a, you know, I think it was Eddie or whatever. It was like, Thanos. And I'm like, um, okay, well, thank God for Wikipedia. Thanos, another red-faced motherfucker from the Marvel Universe who people are excited about. <laughs> oh, that's going to be the supervillain in the comic book I write. Red-faced yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> red-faced motherfucker. It looks like a skull. Yeah. Wow. So goes 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 great with the guy who... I have a aircraft carrier turns question. Green. I understand the purpose for having the sort of dual airstrip on the... They have the one that goes basically along the length of the ship and one that's a little bit, you know, counter to that. So it's sort of sort of askew and you get two uh, runways for the price of basically just one amount of... Uh, surface space it looks like this one has two slightly canted uh like you see here elevated but one is over the other and i'm trying to figure out how planes get to the far end of this one the one that's in the nook because the one that's going at a diagonal is raised can the plane fly in under the diagonal one i mean no it doesn't look tall enough it doesn't look (laughs) like by the way that would be the most amazing landing job of all time (laughs) yeah that's the factor of this ridiculous thing that you're you're stuck on (laughs) not the fact that literally as the thing rises into the air not the fact that it's a helicopter that is physically impossible well bear in mind um I, I do want to point out this looks about as real as this bullshit can. Yeah, yeah. I, I, real I was amazed. I want, to, I want to throw out to the real flow guys and the guys <laughs> who did the smoke going into the rotors. You guys rule. I, I, I was I, amazed I'm not, I'm not criticizing the there. look of it. I'm just oh, no, criticizing no, I know the concept of it is completely yeah. batshit. I, I thought it was very ballsy that the they even tried to do as as crazy batshit as this movie already is. Yeah. I am I'm impressed at their ballsiness at doing the helicarrier concept. It's like something out of a comic book, man. He actually, if, I, I promise this whole commentary won't just continue to be me paraphrasing Joss's, but he actually felt bad about having to do the cloak mirror shield, shield thing. He's like, oh, yeah? God, this feels, you know, I swear to God, I know I'm the guy making the Avengers, but the, 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 the weird reverse mirror thing feels kind of cheap. I don't know, whatever. That, and that's a question, you know, we'll never get a straight answer to, because, it's, but you know, it's like, how much of this was Joss, like, you know... Just trying to solve problems. Well, no, just... Having his, you know, someone oh, had him in a, in a wrist lock and said, fan service, got to yeah. do it. You know, it's like, really? Mirror <laughs> He did thing? discuss one idea. Or whatever, they, you know, was, was, was like, okay, fine. One idea they dismissed for this, which was that instead of it being like a sort of a cloak shield thingy, like a reflective cloak shield, it was going to be that the helicarrier creates its own cloud that it floats around in. Mm. <laughs> so you have a that wouldn't be fishy, laws of physics. right? But yeah. then also he's like, for there's a no, there's a number of reasons we turn that one down. Not the least of which is then you never see anything out the window. Yeah. It's just then you don't need windows. We don't need windows. That's the beautiful thing. Yes, because everyone knows that when a mysterious self motivating cloud appears in major cities like New York, everyone stops in the middle of the street and points at it. If we learned anything from Independence Day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what in the hell is that? Yeah, if if you're trying to if you're trying to go covert and not be spotted, yeah. it's probably not best to be like, well, it's probably the cloud doing its own thing yeah it's probably the cloud going in the opposite direction yeah. of all the other perfectly clouds. normal cloud then again um 
there's a reason we don't have aircraft carriers on land, and that's because we have airports. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's there's some there's some. I think yeah. that's part of the t- the the two, two trillion that the military can safely be cut from their budget next uh, next fiscal <laughs> well, year. Uh, yeah, it I won't mean, actually be any less safe. That's the untold story behind the Avengers. The Avengers didn't actually want the helicarrier. No, they yeah. just, the Congress forced they it. They said on it's them. completely impractical and ridiculous. And what happens if something like, God forbid, we get attacked and, you know, aircraft carriers are landing on major cities? That would be bad. No, no, we got to spend this oh, money somehow. We, we need to shovel money into the congressional district. Oh, all right. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Well, we should have hover over them <laughs> <laughs> so they can get that money right back in case something bad happens. Stellan Skarsgård, man, this guy could do damn near anything. I know him originally as being, and he's done a million things, but I know him as being the sort of standoffish other professor in Goodwill Hunting. But mm-hmm. then just the same year, the year before, he was in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as scary Swedish dude. Yeah. And now he's playing this. And he was, uh, he was car- Bootstrap Bill in. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sequels. And uh, watching this, you know, uh, neither him nor Renner or anyone else that had this done to them knew that they were going to be in the eye color correction thing at the end. They added that because it wasn't totally clear that they were zombies uh, and then later weren't zombies. Like managing that transition was just easier if it's like their eyes are blue. Meh. But um, even through all the effect they're putting on his eyes, I, I like his effusive performance. He's so excited about all what he's working on. Yeah, and it's it's kind of hard to be, you know. I would imagine performing like you're blown away by how much you love this piece of bullshit thing that someone just told you about on a piece of paper this morning that you have to say, oh, it's, it's right. more than knowledge, it's truth. He's he's selling it. And you have to you have to sell the phlebotanum and how excited you are about it. I just, exactly, <laughs> the wonderflonium. Well, he's 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 another one of the like we talked about in our Event Horizon commentary. He's a lot like you just say with a British accent. He's a lot like Sam Neill. You know, Event oh, Horizon. Yeah, he's a lot like Sam Neill. He's one of the people who just. It's you look at him and go, you're a real actor. Yeah. What are you doing what are you here? Doing here? And, okay. But he brings that just level coming to just class as much. up the joint. That yeah, nice. exactly. Yeah. So we're slightly past Halloween at this point, but here's some good advice for any guy out there that wants a good costume. Loki's costume in this is very simple to do. So I decided this year I was going to go to Dragon Con like three days beforehand and threw together this little uh, suit costume with a scarf thing beforehand. And it goes over very well with the ladies, as it turns <laughs> out. Um, so I wore it around at DragonCon for a little while. And then when we were shooting Pink 5 at the Long Beach Comic Con this past weekend, I saw another guy doing the exact same costume. I walked by him. Oh, it's cool. Same costume. And I walked by him a few minutes later, and he's talking to three girls. Yeah. And it's like, huh. And then I passed him later a third time. I was like... So that costume's working for you pretty well there, right? He's like, yeah, it's amazing. He's like, yeah, I know. I know. It's funny, so, but true. Very simple. Very nice. It's weird because I haven't well. seen this guy since, you know, of course he was on Full House. So, you know, I mean, it's nice that John Stamos is working. Finally. <laughs> Tom John Hiddleston Stamos is, awesome. is Loki. I would watch that. Hiddleston is I'd great, watch- though. And what I didn't know about him, because I didn't know goddamn anything about him, because I, I don't know him from anything but this and Thor. But if you watch interviews with him, he is like one of those incredibly lively interviews, like Tom Hanks or something. He's just incredibly fun. And he's really good at voices. He does like impressions of Alan Rickman and shit in interviews all the time. <laughs> he just has a great time mimicking voices. He does a great... Um, uh, the guy who plays Captain America, Chris Evans. He does a great Chris Evans impression that he used uh, to tell a funny uh, anecdote here and there during the press release. But he, I don't know anything about him other than that he's in these, and I really like him when he's talking just to a, a reporter. He's been in a couple. Uh, he was in War Horse along with everyone else. He was in what now? War Horse. In yeah. what? Along yeah. with Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> no. Benedict Cumberbatch he was in War Horse? Yep. In the same I may have to watch with everyone. In the same segment, segment, actually. Now that it's been a year since I've been sent that DVD screener by DreamWorks, maybe I'll have to watch that movie now. 
This was a great effect just there. I have to think that the suit is CG, and they started with him without it. Now he's just wearing a suit. Probably so. But they do that effect twice, and it works for me both times. It's entirely possible that he was just fully digital (laughs) to wear the transition. Nowadays, it's like, it's not even fun to even second guess. It's like, well, it could, you know. There's like four ways you could have done could that. could be digital. It's probably digital because everything's freaking digital. We use computers for it. <gasps> oh, oh, computers. Nice. Did, were they, Actually, I could they probably have, look uh, that up. I've got the Cinefix. Were they computers with, uh, with uh, mice? <laughs> oh, yeah. They probably used a mice or maybe a tablet. <gasps> mm. so, ooh. Might have used a tablet. The that future. That's professional. That's probably really cool. That's, that's where you connect. Uh, so those computers with a big TV attached to it so you can see what it's thinking about. Ooh. Yeah. And a, and a spectrometer for, uh, not that, a spectrogram. Whatever the, the audio one is. Spirograph. Yeah, spirograph. <laughs> just for fun. Spectre. Silk Spectre. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Arlen Spectre. Arlen Spectre. I miss Spirograph. How was that Arlen fun? I, I look back at that and I can't <laughs> figure out how the fuck that was so... I had a good time with that. It's cool. I, I made so many spirals. No one's impressed when you make a good spiral with a spirograph, though. Yeah. This one German guy goes, you know, been there, done that. Yeah, and they were worried about how heavy-handed this might have felt, but I, I like this scene. <laughs> Just Godwinning the whole movie. That's true. It is a Godwin argument, isn't it? It's like, all right, movie, you can shut off. You went Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they Godwin the movie. What is Godwin's law? Godwin's law is as soon as you invoke Hitler in an argument, you forfeit the argument. So if you make a compare, if you make, if you're debating somebody, well, it's, and it's, you it's, it's, like, it's yeah, the longer, say that's, it's, it's two parts. It's the yeah. longer an internet goes, like, yeah. an internet go, argument goes on, the probability of someone mentioning Hitler or the Nazis approaches one. Right. Yeah. Corollary, if you're the one who does it, you've, you've lost the right. argument. Yeah. I don't like the horns. I think the horns are too big, maybe. I don't know. He has to actually. I think even Thor looks better in his costume than he does in this. This just. I mean, his is the one that is the most outright goofy. His uh, Captain uh, America. Yeah. No well, Loki. Oh, okay. I mean, America. Uh, America no. would be a, Captain a, a, America's a, is pretty goofy. But but they at least hang a lantern on that. Yeah. 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 I mean, but at least I mean, fucking Hiddleston has to be walking around with this giant Lego monstrosity on his face. I mean, it sucks, but he acts through it. Maybe he acts for it. Not since Tim Curry and Legend. Have we seen such a beautiful set of horns on Scarlett a man? Scarlett Johansson avails herself well to this movie. She, she does, does a she lot does. better than she did in, in Iron Man 2, I'll tell you that. It's true. She, too, be- becomes a complete character yeah. where you're yeah. like, wow. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I found her annoying as crap in Iron Man 2. I mean, you know, still pretty to look at. Actually, there was a uh, there was a quite good at, uh, I don't know if any, any either you guys who were there, there was a, a quite good... Um, Whatever her thing is, vinyl backflip or whatever her character's name is, but uh, but there was there was one of her at that's, that's going to be the sidekick to Red Face Motherfucker, exactly. <laughs> and then vinyl backflip comes in and she has breasts and you know that happens. So there was a really good one of those at Long Beach Comic Con. Oh, she was she there. The, there are many very nice. She ones had the full those. outfit. She had the red hair working. It was it was it was. There's pictures of her online. There's a friend of mine that does it very well, and you know, oof. You do that very well. Yes. <laughs> that thing, you do it Keep doing well. that. I don't dress like vinyl flip very often, but when I do... <laughs> vinyl backflip. <laughs> I love this. I'm sorry, but I love all these... All the exchanges between... I love how Tony Stark is somehow... He, he, he sort of wants to date the Hulk, and he sort of hates but wants to like hate fuck Captain America the whole time yeah. he's got this weird sort of like I'm just gonna keep fucking with you until you smack me back big boy <laughs> yeah and, you know and I, I just love watching it play 
I, I do wonder, though, eventually, if someone's going to give Robert Downey Jr. too many words to say too fast and his mouth is going to explode. <laughs> yeah. Because it seems like people it's, have it's realized... It's happened. It's called Sherlock Holmes 1 and 2. It's <laughs> just gotten to the point where it used to be like he could throw in like a quick little aside, a little bantery, like a little, yeah, yeah, aside, real quick, into the conversation. But people have realized that's really fun when he does that. So they're writing him entire scripts for nothing he does uh, can be done without speaking incredibly fast. He's like Vince Vaughn now. Vince Vaughn does that naturally. Vince Vaughn or Stanley Tucci? Tucci can do whatever he wants. I, I would love to see Tucci I, in the Can Avengers. I kickstart his career? Is there a kickstarter just for to giving... To, is it the same thing as just finding Stanley Tucci and giving him 10 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> well, to, you, can't, you can't use kickstarter for a career. It has to be for a specific project with an end date. Uh, Stanley Tucci making uh, good on his taxes this year. <laughs> it could be... I want to record Stanley Tucci reciting the phone book. And you would probably get a lot of money. <laughs> there we go, Captain America with yeah. his little naivete is so cute. So, so Thor has arrived. Yeah, and so now we're up to three. Thor's and I, I and I do, uh, I I wonder what what Joss, Joss's thought was when he was like, "Okay, I've got to get Thor into this movie." The entire em- emotional ending. The, or, or the the source of the emotion in in the last act of Thor was him destroying the Rainbow Bridge so he could never come back to Earth, mm-hmm. and so he just he literally just goes shrug, he's back. Yeah. Well, they, they do they do have a line of oh, Dad must have coughed up a lot of energy yeah. to get you here, but that's that's and I I wonder I. I Whedon must have had that conversation with somebody yeah. at Disney. He's like, okay, so Thor has to be in this, right? You know what you did to me. So what the fuck? <laughs> How am I supposed to do this? And I'm sure Disney went, I don't know. We'll Good luck with that. You got 18 weird. months. And you go to Marvel and they go, we we kill everybody every other month and bring them back for the most bullshit. Yeah, just do it. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Snail just, in the chat room. He's there. Reminds me of something funny that Joss kept bringing up on the commentary, which was his exact words were, I like knocking Norse people out of frame. It's funny for me. I do it a bunch of times in this movie. Anytime you can knock a Norse person out of frame, it's funny. It is. It's a comedy staple. I mean, the old, you know, Norse ye old yanking stick gag. I'm pretty sure. I think he learned that on Roseanne, among other things. So. <laughs> There's only one way to get her out of the fucking screen. So it really is. It really is unfortunate for the Avengers that it was saddled with having to complete the plot that was started in arguably the worst of the Avengers precursor movies. Yeah. You know, that it's saddled with all the Bifrost and the Rainbow Bridge and like, oh my God, we really have to be talking about this shit again? It's it's a very interesting choice, I thought. And this is another reason why I was very trepidatious about Avengers. We're actually going to just reuse a villain from one of the components. And one of the really one non-interesting of the non-successful ones. Successful ones, yeah. <laughs> I would rather have had Hugo Weaving come back. He, I, he I seemed agree. to have a little more going on. Yeah. Uh, or either of any of the Iron Man villains. Well, not Whiplash, but uh, an army of Iron Man drones would have been a sufficient yeah, climax the, for the Avengers. The Penguin. It's, it's kind of like the... It's it's, it's akin to... <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't until Robot Chicken, you know, pointed it out, but it's like, uh, you know, oh, build it again. That's an original idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess that was kind of sad that they're just... That's all you got is just another Death Star. All right. Well, all right. Seemed okay at the time. We weren't as hip in those days. I'm so I'm so happy for Hemsworth. I think he's really good. Uh, and I'm glad that even though I thought he did <laughs> as good Taylor of a job. Kitch. He did as good of a job as Chris Pine in Star Trek as playing a Kirk. Uh, you know, and it was like, oh, that guy was really good. I like that opening scene in Star Trek. Now he gets to have his own whole damn franchise. And, you know, good for him. 
I still don't like Thor, and it sucks that he has to do, you know, Shakespeare in the Park is the joke already, but he has yeah. to do, you know, f- 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 like neo Shakespearean dialogue. Yeah, all I, the time, but it, he pulls it off. This is the this is the one bit of the film that uh, I guess structurally doesn't. When I was watching this, I was getting a little bit excited at, at, during this fight because I'm like, "Oh shit, the good guys are fighting each other, and Loki's gonna get away, and then they're gonna ha- that's gonna be a whole tension thing." Yeah, that would have been movie. a nice plot point. Uh, except, no, no, he's just he's just like, "All right, <laughs> I'll wait." Yeah, this this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, So I was a little disappointed in that because that could have. But but on the other hand, it's not like they need more excuses for interpersonal conflict, ultimately. So and frankly, I think it's nice that it's not obvious. I mean, yeah, the obvious thing would be for him to run away and then the rest of the second act is them chasing him, whatever. I mean, that's that's kind of the obvious way to go. And at least this one is a little more unexpected, a little fresher. And that was something that he was talking about in the commentary is just being a, a directive he gave himself, which is uh, – and it's a good piece of writing advice in general. You know, Having two characters fight is fine. Having two characters have a conflict is better, and the distinction is an important one to understand. Yeah. They're not just you know bashing at each other for a reason because there was a reason because in a sentence ago and a reason. It's because these two people now disagree with each other and fight. That's more interesting than – Bash, 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 bash. Right, because well, the, the yeah, fight becomes opposing, a conversation. Right, yeah, they have opposing goals, and a physical fight is just one method of resolving the difference. But as Mike said, you know, this movie isn't exactly short on conflicts. On on Mike, if you're going to talk. Is it right? Hi, Seth. Hey, I've been sitting here listening. As a quick counterpoint to the very valid point that we're recycling Loki, they were... I would think a little bit hamstrung by the fact that if you want to appease the comic fans, the actual forming of the Avengers back in the you know 50s or whatever mm-hmm. was actually Loki tricked them all and the Avengers formed. That's so actually part of the old comic history of that it? That actually is the original comic history, that Loki is the reason the Avengers originally got together. I wonder if that was why – huh. I wonder to what extent that was so, planned. Yeah, I wonder it's if all that was a, a directive. But, I mean, I would imagine well, that Loki... I think Loki, so, because they built it so heavily into Thor and didn't right. resolve it there. Well, I'm thinking back onto Thor... I assume that was part of the plan. Loki, I'm assuming Loki was a big part of Thor's, you know, butthurt, always problems in the in the comics. So he might have been one of the main villains of Thor. Oh, so, yeah, certainly he was so the main villain. I wonder yeah. if when they were making Thor... It must have occurred. It Certainly it occurred to them. I wonder if that was why they went with Loki as opposed to some other, you know, baddie of the day. Because Loki is a good story for Thor. You know, the movie wasn't something I was really excited about, but it's a good story for Thor. But it's also, if it's the fan service reason for the Avengers to come together and, you know, ability to do that in the movie, it, it's cool. It's just an interesting sort of synergy, synchronous serendipity. All I'm saying is it's, it's a shame that Thor, the movie Thor, was so inept yeah. Yeah. that paying off that badly told, badly set up, badly structured story yeah, so fell crucial. to Joss Whedon to be part of his job. And, yeah. of course, Joss fixed it. Yeah. yeah he, you know, he did what he could with it. Did his best. At least he had you know Downey Jr. come in here and make fun of how everyone was talking. You know, <laughs> just at least a little something. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not – I think – what might be the worst thing that happened to Sam Jackson in his career is he became the staple of coolness because now no one puts him in movies anymore to act. Yeah. They put him in movies now to be a bookmark where it's like, and this is when the cool guy is here. Well, and, sometimes well, they do, but no one watches him. Yeah. I liked Black Snake Moan. Well, yeah, he, that was crazy, and the, uh, that, but that was good. I liked that one, although I saw it with 
I think I saw it with Chad Peter, and he came out and he's like, "I don't know what that movie was for. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know right. why that movie." He, he um, well, he won't be you know he won't be Nick Fury esque in Django because he right. he's playing. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's doing. He's got this like age makeup on. Yeah, he plays like much older than he actually. Yeah. Is. I mean, he does. Again, so. we 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 have to remember that actors do other things that you know can give them plenty of. Whatever, whatever mojo they require to to feel good about themselves, and then they just show up in these things and go, "Yeah, give me the ten million, and I'll do that." You yeah. know, he he did a he did a two man play with Tommy Lee Jones, you know, where they got to both act. Oh shit! You know, I would love like, to see that. It's, it was an HBO special. They turned it's, it's 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 a mammoth play, or it's a it's a, I forget or a Tony, I forget it was uh, who, who a Tony uh, Bennett play. Tony Bennett, yeah, Tony Bennett, Tony Tony Danza <laughs> play actually. Um, but it was oh, it was like two two seasons ago on HBO. It was a big thing that you know, oh my god, you know, Tommy Lee Jones and Sam Jackson, you know, playing his playing a scene together and doing Tommy whole, Lee Jones just, literally two characters in. and having a conversation for an hour and a half it's, right. it's one of those plays so you know so and meanwhile he can like what I stand over here I wear an eye patch I talk all badass and I get 10 million dollars cool you know <laughs> I can I can I don't manage. feel I don't feel bad for him I can manage doing that yeah I can hack it is the X-Men I don't, I don't do schlock often but when I do is I the get X-Men Marvel or DC Marvel Marvel but Fox. So there are currently two yeah. crime fighting teams inside the Marvel universe. Yes, and they've they've actually come into that, plenty yeah. of conflict too. The discussion that you're talking about X Men is, is Justice League Marvel too. No, that's no, DC. Justice League is DC. Okay. that's all the DC characters. But in Marvel, you've got the Avengers, X Men, Fantastic Four. Alpha five, uh, and then a bunch of other stuff. Flight. What the? Yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah, you're I'm making sure some of that shit. You're just well, some going, of that shit. You're just making up. Yeah. Go, going back to the Hulk, he's like, oh, they must have been hungover and see what they, you know, could pull over. Yeah. I, I don't so think it was that. that I think it was shit. It's Tuesday night or Friday night, and we have to. We've got our deadline in half an hour. I don't know a dude that turns green when he's yeah. angry. Fuck it. Uh, they, Thor, the, the god of the, just Thor, the, just Thor. The interesting yeah. thing is there are there are many. Just in the in the history of comics, and I'm not the comics guy or anything. Certainly, Eddie would be able to name them probably off the top of my head. But throughout the history, there are characters who were clearly that, oh, yeah, who oh. were just thrown out there, and then they didn't catch on, and yeah. so they disappear. And for some reason, certain ones catch, catch on, on yeah. and they become long term. There's there's an X Man who his power yeah. is that he's fat. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Not yeah, even the blob. Lots, the blob is a know. thing. And then there's just the fat guy. The, the history of you know the history of comics is full of you know failed characters that you know people said okay that's just too stupid. Also, I we did just flash by the scene just uh, mm. we all knew about it is you know one of the funniest lines led to you know but the children outcry of this movie which is the you know Loki's my brother and and blah 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 well he just killed eighty people like well he's adopted yeah oh the oh. butt hurt came from that yeah. like you're implying that adopted children are no we're not you. Knee jerk twit, which just goes to show that you know us liberals have knee jerk idiots just as much as conservatives oh, yes. do. That 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 outrage in a teapot was really annoying. I missed that one entirely. Oh yeah, you did so, oh, oh yeah. Oh the the National Association for being upset about shit. Um, <laughs> All right, that's going to be the organization <laughs> yeah. that uh, it's, red it's, face it's, motherfucker that, fights. The National Organization for being upset about shit is is. Um, <laughs> Is is a is a is a catch all. It's they have a very big tent. Um, <laughs> they're they're a big tent because they already coalition. have because they already have the letterhead and stuff. So if you have any kind of butt hurt, you just go to them <laughs> and and you can use their letterhead and they have like a little cubicle set up. You can use their email system and all that. Kind of. So it looks official. <laughs> all right. When, when you when you tell the world of your butt hurt, what you're so, saying is it's an astroturfing organization. Pretty much, yeah. But okay. it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good service they're doing and God bless them. But they the um 
it was you know people who like said you're you're implying that adopted children are you know i can't believe they said adopted children are murderers or whatever bullshit thing they thought that meant right as opposed to being a joke right um which you know the first the first sign of of unlawful butthurt is oh did you hear a joke <laughs> Then you might just have some butter. You have some, you know, just again. But of all things, it's like he's adopted. Oh, and that's when the National Association of Twitchy Morons ran to their computers to send emails. That first scene, although it's just a conversation around a table, is I, I really like scenes like that when they play, and especially what goes on in this room as well later on when they're all just standing in there and arguing about different stuff. It's an, I think it's an excuse that writers like to have to have. You know, it's like I I can't help but have this scene. I but, think they're always secretly excited to be able to do it. By the way, that this shot right here, Captain America used to be in this shot. I can say yeah. this from a behind the scenes mm, perspective really? because I saw that because I saw the footage while it was being converted and stuff like that. Cap, like he the he the shot with on the table the shot with Robert Downey. No, he was he was you know he's messing with his uh, his stuff in the briefcase and stuff. And on the wall, I guess he was connecting some like wires or hoses or whatever and then they decided they wanted him to come in later a little later in the scene they didn't want him to be there from the beginning so they removed him wow. from that shot that's a hell of a thing it happens a lot this is uh, this is a fun character thing and and obviously as you, as you said already that stark and and uh, banner end up being bffs at the end of the movie which yeah. which is which is good for both of them because especially especially stark because he's basically gone unchallenged for his two movies as being always the smartest guy in the room so what do you do where do you take that character put another guy in the room who's just as smart yeah you know make you know that's that's his arch nemesis is wait I, I i don't get to be like the only a scientist wonderkin can do anything and you know i can i can make a death ray out of two bottle caps you know there's another guy in the room that can do the same thing he's like ooh. I hate him. I have to take him down a peg, and they just go at it. And that's 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 fun stuff. And then it's it's a great it's a great masterstroke to put the two of them once they're like, oh well, at least we're both snarky assholes. Let's put you know Charlie Pureboy in with those guys, <laughs> so he can hate both of them, and they can hate him. And something funny about this scene on the uh, gag reel is later on in this uh, location, there's a scene where they're all in there and they're all getting all fighty. That's the scene where the camera eventually goes upside down and you can see that it's the influence of the spear because filmmaker. And um, But there's a funny gag reel moment where it's just a wide, it's like an establishing angle on the whole scene and they're all just in there. It's between scenes and they're all just sort of rehearsing and, you know, they're all having their own conversations at the same time and they're all just in there and then in the background of the scene you just see Joss walk in and go stop fighting <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I laughed anyway Chris Evans hi Chris Evans I like Chris Evans I like how his hair is one big hair it's just one big he's, a, he's an action figure he's, That's yeah literally. he's a Ken doll he's literally an action yeah. figure yeah He's he's managed to he's I mean hell he did two Fantastic Four movies and emerged unscathed you know he's he's somehow he is not Taylor Kitsch he was yeah. also a and neither is Chris Hemsworth they sunshine. both dodged an amazing bullet yeah no he's in Sunshine you know and he he was in that one because he has good good uh, you know shoulders and you know because <laughs> he has, he good has a good stern face yeah he gives well, good for me <laughs> <laughs> that's how he got through Fantastic Four too I think. <laughs> 
Yeah, I it looks, mean, it looks good in the tights, you know. But yeah. but yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes good looking people can also be actors. See Brad Pitt, and uh, you know, yeah. it's unfortunate for them that you know, it's like, can't you just be oh, prettier and not so much yeah. with the talking and acting a lot? Like, can't I'd, you be bad at something like yeah, the rest I'd really of us? Like to act. No, this one's just you being pretty. Now you can't have a goddamn giant action hero movie like the Avengers without having half the movie be buildings blowing up but i love these scenes i would rather watch the, when, when i go back to watch the avengers and i will it'll be watching the talking stuff i won't be watching the big fight scenes because yeah. you know i i can see a fight scene again tomorrow and whatever movie's coming out but and, and, this, and that's what that's what makes avengers exceptionally and particularly good in the sense in the hands of anybody else you know if this were Transformers, then it'd be like... You These scenes down. are just excuses to get you to the next explosion. Yeah. If yeah. this were Transformers, you would sit down and go, okay, well, I'm just I'm just watching this for the explosions. And <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. When's the last time you said, I'm going to watch Transformers, but just the scenes where the characters talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to fast forward through the other stuff. Right. I want to see the characters interacting. That's what I want to see when I watch Transformers. And in the hands of any other director, that's exactly what Avengers would have been as well. And it's, thankfully, Joss Whedon has the skill and the technique. Well, he, yeah. It's like, okay, we're in the low between the action that is not them just you know the the cardboard cutouts bang together like we've someone said in in uh one of the other commentaries it's that's not what this is this this isn't just we're marching in place and saying the necessary plot things to get us to the next explosion get to the next set piece it's yeah we're being characters we're existing in this world in the downtime between action set pieces and that's that's what makes it actually you know a story a story and that's what makes it about characters and makes it like like you said a cut above those kinds of all of those other blockbuster kinds of movies and why people are so up on it even when i mean you can acknowledge you know especially kind of film snobby people sure this isn't one of those it's not up there in the in the echelon of of all-time film history but certainly for this kind of movie yeah it's phenomenal of temples yeah huh what are you looking at there seth just gave me a uh, an ipad Mine now. <laughs> My iPod now. Uh, no, it's uh, the cinematic universe timeline of all the Marvel characters. Oh, God. If I see anything interesting <laughs> in here, I'll let you know, but I'm going to peruse. You guys talk about Scarlett Johansson. No, we already did that. She talk hasn't been about, on for a while. She been, she's getting her scene coming up, though. Talk about... But, but, and, and again, he, care, he made sure it's like, okay, everyone gets their scene. Yeah, but, it was yeah. Natalie, I'm going to and there sure was Natalie Portman's scene. scene. Yeah. yeah. By the way, Natalie Portman, remember... Thor loves her and stuff. Yeah, you know, <laughs> got to address her. Yeah, and I, yeah well, I the only reason she's not in it the same way Gwyneth Paltrow in it is because she was pregnant at the exactly. time. Exactly. Otherwise, can you imagine Joss like, oh, good, one character I can get away with like a screen grab and a sentence. Yeah. Yes. Thank God. Yes. Thank you. Everything on this scale is. Thank you, Lord Vigo. Yeah. Um, everything as, as opposed to BC or AD, it's. B-I-M or A-I-M, that is to say before or after Iron Man. And the point of origin point, the zero on the timeline here is I am Iron Man, which is interesting. And, then, and I'm just, sorry. And, and why is that the it's, I ground guess it's, zero of it's, the timeline? Because that's when they started actually being good as opposed to just Well, it spastic. goes way back in history. I mean, if you, it, it's, it's actually, I was wrong about, you know, what movies or what characters or all that stuff it's actually significant events that appear cinematically in the universe when they happened and going way back to like you know when certain norse individuals from thor world came down like 800 years bim and things like that oh it's doing that it's an yeah. in-universe timeline yeah odin okay. left the tesseract on earth 800 years 600 well years, then iron man BIM. doesn't make sense to, to be the, the well, zero you know, they point. did have to find a middle ground somewhere i guess so uh 
cool. And then the Avengers starts on one end of it. So this someone's gonna have to remake this infographic soon. Yeah. Anyway. That was well that was before the movie came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was kind of a leading up to the movie sort of thing, but damn, that's a really it's a really well laid out infographic. Nifty. Find the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline graphic. It's good stuff. Now, th- this scene, as opposed to the previous one, that scene was a little less uh, uh, effective or, or successful just because the the one with Thor, Fury, and sort of in the background, Coulson talking to each other. Because those are the... Thor and Fury, anyway, as we discussed, are the characters who kind of have the least personality mm-hmm. uh, overall. What say you, brother? So, <laughs> Does mother know? I'll so so that, one, that one was very much... That one was very much more... Okay, now is the exposition dump to explain what's about to come. Yeah. You know, you, you had your fun with the other guys, and now I have to explain the the next stage of the story to you. Yeah, it's almost like somebody's checking the runtime or the page count going, okay, well, we're, we're coming up on the next set piece real fast, so we got to get this information <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. And we already blew three pages on, on actual know, character fun, fun banner and fun yeah. banner with the, the Hulk and Iron Man. So, you know, it's like, how fast can you guys get the expedition? We can get it done in three quarters of a page. All right, do that. Yeah, yeah fine. Get it, get it done. So that, that way we can have room for four more pages of character development with, with – Leather somersault. Yeah. <laughs> in the humanist, I'm writing all these down. In the humanist interest of imagining others complexly, I just had an odd thought about Samuel L. Jackson, which is if you were to see Tom Hanks at you know the bistro and he's out on the street and you just walk by him and you go, "Holy shit, it's Tom Hanks!" and you were to say, oh, "Do the line from Forrest Gump," he'd look at you like you're a total fucking asshole, right? No, he'd so probably do it. Tom Hanks would probably do well, it. But, but for the record, you would be a total fucking, yeah. Yeah. fucking yeah. asshole. Both and those and things and could it's be the same true. Thing you know, you don't you know ask Walken to do the watch monologue from Pulp Fiction and you don't have I don't know Carrot Top not be in movies what you, but what happens with Samuel L. Jackson is he's not known so much though he, do, he does have his lines he's not known so much for the thing he says he's known for cussing well yeah. so anytime you see Samuel L. Jackson the two things that I'm thinking about now are either one you'd have to be like oh cuss my friend out yeah. or anytime he just gets frustrated in his life and he just goes fuck motherfucker and then someone's going to look at him and go, oh, he's doing the thing. Yeah. He's doing yeah. the thing where he cusses a lot. And then, you know, it's just an ima- it's, but But it's true. He oh, is, the woes he must face. He is truly Shakespearean in his vulgarity. Oh, no, <laughs> That's <sorry>. really what. <laughs> I mean, that was the ultimate failing of the prequels, which was that they didn't use him for yeah. anything like that. And, you know, they also didn't give him anything to do. So what? That's there's nothing more sad than an inert Jackson. I, Ask Tito. He'll tell you. I, I thought this. Uh, uh, now we're now we're back to a scene where it's like this scene is actually great because yeah. because you think he's getting into her head and then she flips it on him. She flips it on him and it goes back to the scene that introduced her. It's like, oh right, that's just what she does. Although there to was, get people to tell her what to tell her. There was a confusing so. beat in that for me because when she's going to get Banner, there's a moment where he says, "Stop lying to me," and she has and she grabs the gun real fast and she has this sort of scared almost childlike looking at him like are you gonna hit me Mm -hmm. and you know uh, like water welling up under her eyes moment where she's honestly in that moment she's really honestly scared she's not faking it in that moment and they and that's the idea is that the one thing that she is intimidated by and scared and terrified by is the Hulk exactly which is important in the next but there was sort of a reprisal of that beat just then when she was faking it for Loki right she has the exact same sort of trembling misty eyed like a, a tears about to fall it's jiggling in her eye look which I, she was faking it for Loki. 
I don't think she was faking it the first time when it happened with Banner. No, I wonder. She's if, clearly not because that becomes important, like we said. So it's just an it was just an interesting sequence. moment because it it gave me a, a pause to think maybe she is. You know, it, it was just you know, it was a conflicting signal moment. For yeah, me. which but is I like, which I like is, the shape of the scene in general. Yeah, well, the conf- I think the cl- conflicting signal is deliberate though because you're meant to think that Loki is actually getting under her skin, right? And yeah. and maybe he is actually a little bit, but then she that once again I I would say is a Whedon trademark is Whedon yeah. will, Whedon will give you an entire scene that works and then at the end of the scene go that wasn't what was happening at all yeah and it'll <laughs> you know. flip and you go oh that works even better yeah. holy shit i want to be friends with uh tony stark and uh, bruce banner yeah. you know well, and it's, and like, it's far like far away behind macro. bulletproof glass yeah exactly sort of you're, you're you're that's that means like pasting a sign on your forehead that says i am collateral damage yeah, yeah. but true. Uh, but you know it'd be fun up to that it's point it's not for me well it's that image macro from from them in the car at the end of this movie get in bitches we're gonna do science it's like that <laughs> eh, looks like a lot of fun yeah the thing about this scene having to do with alan Silvestri that i thought was interesting uh queuing off of something that joss had said was there's a lot of times in this movie where he's the entire movie focusing on keeping the camera as locked or smoothly dollying as possible and shaking as little as possible because he doesn't know exactly his leeway when it comes to a 3D projection of this, how much shaking the audience can handle. So he erred on the side of really restrained camera work. But every now and then, seeing as how this is a movie like it is, you have to have that one big you know, crane shot or the camera flips over or something like that and bridging the gap visually and emotionally for someone who's watching the scene play out 2d or 3d going from lock off lock off lock off to shot can be really jarring unless it's handled right and the way he got out of that he said he gave all the props to alan silvestri because he would write music for a scene and say alan i i need because we can't do it in the images i need to get to the point where this shot doesn't suddenly just be like whoa now we're intense uh, can can you give me anything that sort of gives me a you know a fifteen second transition into it gets more and more intense so when the shot starts it won't be so jarring and he went off and came back and delivered exactly what he needed so that it doesn't distract you when you're watching the movie with sound on which is exactly what a composer is good for you know you think of them as being the guys who write the late motifs but they're also the ones that have to fill in the gaps and make the movie work when nothing else was coming in to help including a fucking deadbeat like Joss Whedon yeah speaking of which um, again a, a masterful thing is now he's 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 established. You know, while having all the other stuff happen. Look at the visual storytelling, guys. He's established he's established all the interrelations with all these characters. And then we just had a scene where everybody got to like, you know, where everyone's at odds with everybody. And we understand why, because it's all been laid out for us. Everybody has a valid it's exactly. it's all valid. And, and everyone just had these scenes where everyone can, you know, it's it's the it's the serenity kitchen table scene where everyone's, you know, got their point of view and you understand where everyone's coming from and you have no idea how it's all going to turn out. You know, who's going to who's going to win this argument? That was actually a really shocking shot as well. Like you said, when it starts happening, you're like, Whoa. well, because it's it's all of, it's it feels like it's all a steady cam shot and then it goes over the table and upside down. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. What? 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 Steadicams can't do that. Yeah. yeah. And he had resigned himself, and this is the last factoid about that scene, but he had resigned himself to that being a, a post gag. They'd figure out somehow uh-huh. but his camera guys were like, no, we think we can do that. And then five minutes later, they had the rig set up. They only did a couple of takes of it. Like they, they could just nail it. They had what they needed. That's amazing. The truck, I guess. Is there anything for well, this? Well, you can, you can set up Steadicams so they're either up at top or below if you want to yeah. get a you know the camera on you the floor with your Steadicam set up. I didn't know you could do both in one rig in one move, but I'm sure because well, steady cams are, you know, that's what they don't want to do. They, right. they're, they're 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 trying not to flip and and yeah. uh, rotate. It's a really so. expensive and heavy piece of equipment that keeps the camera from going where you don't want it to go. Yeah, and now you want to flip the camera over on a seven foot radius. Okay. As I recall, there's a nice moment coming up here when uh, you know Banner's going, "Look, I'm under control. Everything's fine," and everyone goes. 
put the put the staff down, and and it, you never saw that he picked it up, right? Yeah. You know? and he so, seems surprised. Exactly. To find it so, in his so own yeah, hand. again, that's that's just a beautifully staged bit of business. Is, yeah. You know, to show that you're going, oh, he's you know, he knows what he's talking about, and then but oh, we don't seems... we don't know any more than he does that he's got the weapon. So yeah. he seems perfectly calm. Yeah. Oh, maybe Ooh. not. You know, that's just beautiful work. So then, yeah, this guy's going to take down the aircraft carrier with some arrows. That's totally cool. That's fine. I love the line earlier because it's so ironic and they don't touch on it. And I would bet it's because I, Disney I, put the kibosh on it. Uh-huh. But the uh, Stark's line against Captain America, you know, everything special came, uh, uh, everything special of you came out of a bottle, mm. which could just as easily describe Tony Stark as well in terms of his alcohol problem, oh. know, alcoholism, wah, wah. if they were going to touch. And that was a big, uh, I don't say controversy, but that was, I guess, a disappointment on a lot of fans' parts that uh, there's a famous storyline from the Iron Man comics about Tony dealing with right. just being an alcoholic. And they thought that that might be the thrust of Iron Man 3. Uh-huh. But I think Disney put the kibosh on it. And so from what I've seen of the trailers, it's still going to be a pretty bleak movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I could not be, by the way. I, I just want to say there was a shot earlier when um, like they're arguing with each other and there's a shot of Thor when he says, you're all so petty and tiny. <laughs> and it's like, but it's it's this like, lower angle totally dutched I'm like hey it's an homage to the Thor movie <laughs> he's doing kind of Brana homage he's, he's doing a Thor a, impression rotate the camera yeah, yeah he's doing a thing that's pretty awesome and of course the one of the great Bruce Banner lines of uh, I put a bullet in my mouth and the other guy spit it out it's like that's a great line that's, yeah. that's just fantastic that's some dark stuff yeah, yeah. This uh, is being recorded not long after Avengers came out and before Iron Man 3 even had a second trailer but as of now, I'm just willing to say I could not be more psyched about Iron Man 3. I was disappointed in 2. I was psyched when Shane Black showed up. I was interested when it took so long for us to start seeing trailers. And when the trailer came out and it's bleak and his life is falling apart. Oh, yes. Yes, please. More of that. I'm really... I'm, I hope that the third one is the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious to see the first of these individual Avenger movies in the post-Avenger world. Right. Because phase now two. to see what yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s doing in them. Exactly. To see the role that they play, I mean, presumably, Tony is at his day job is now an Avenger. So, in what context do you set up them having these adventures on their own? Right. So, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. All right. Digital Hulk. There uh, we go. It's really getting better, man. I had a conversation with, uh, I think it was with Jake, but I don't remember which of you guys were here for the uh, Hang Lee Hulk commentary we did about literally like three years ago. Oh, my but gosh. The thing that yeah. killed me about the CG Hulk then, and, you know, it was. For being a, a obviously a less complex model, there's probably a much lower poly count, and I don't think they were doing subsurface scattering at the time. I had no problem with the majority of the Hulk in that movie. I well, they, they pretty much got it, it right. It's, it's worth pointing out, and I think we did at the time. Uh, I did that shot where they were running. Um, Ooh. But, uh, Ooh, Michael. I thought that the, was uh, you. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> did you use TIFFs or, or were they <laughs> <targets>? <laughs> the targets? Um, uh, I also did the shot where they pull away in the car at the end, like which is apparently an image macro. That oh. was my shot in oh, 3D. Nice. Um, but anyway... Uh, what the hell was I saying? Wait. Oh, the 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 um, original Ang Lee Hulk. I mean, we were talking yeah. about subsurface scattering. I think it was available at the time. As I recall, it was a deliberate choice on Ang Lee's part Not to be to like, it. I want it. I I want to do the guy in makeup look rather than the actual CGI, green skin yeah, yeah, yeah. look. But the thing, my complaint about that, which was a, it's an oddly specific complaint, and it's really hard to visualize. It'd be easier if I was just here with you with Photoshop and I could show you. But my complaint about that one was that his eyes were too green. And not to say that 
you can't make a decision like his eyes are green. He's the Hulk. He's green everything. He should have green eyes. It's not that. It's that they were unphotographically green. They were they were too hypersaturate for shots, and they were just kind of glowy green, which doesn't look real. And if their intention was to make him look like he had glowy eyes, they succeeded, but I don't think it was. And they've totally gotten that one back into the bottle, so to speak, uh, over the course of the last two. And I think this one, I still, you know, it's still hard to sell anything that looks like the Hulk in 3D, and they're getting damn close. Some of these shots are next uh, well, well close as doesn't matter photo reel and good i mean it's really hard but it's still a really weird thing to pull off and the fact that it even looks kind of like mark ruffalo is just a success on top of that good job guys i mean good job all around on this guy and the hulk stuff was some of the last stuff to get done obviously and it was some of the first stuff to get shot because it's of all the things in the movie that's a really big question mark because we know how to do a lot of metal and sunlight we've been doing those movies for the last 10 damn years and even have the metal change into something else we're you know big fans of that apparently but you know big human supposed to be photoreal monster guys takes time to pin down and i don't think it was a mocap performance was it uh, it, it was well, part. It was actually, yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, he was certainly there. He, on he actually sent the, uh, the the guys doing the animation uh, a, a letter. He said, "Take it away from me. If you need to do something you think is better, if I didn't do it, it's yours now. We're all playing Hulk together," mm. which I thought was a cool thing for him to do. You know, not that, but he, not that they not that they would have done anything differently. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not like they you know that shit happens all the time. But it's it was cool that he acknowledged the fact that that had to happen, and he said he was cool with it. He's like, guys. Feel free to tell everyone that you fix up my performance. It's fine. We're all in this one together, which is cool. Go Ruffalo. I like him a lot. He's cool. I want to be his friend. Yeah. <laughs> but only if I get to hang out with Robert Downey Jr. He's a duly appointed federal marshal. Duly appointed federal marshal. I just love chewing out lines like that. <clears throat> so ScarJo is scarred and Joed, and he's all mad. I'm yeah. a little I'm at this her storyline I guess if you want to call it that like her her arc I don't I don't quite get what's happening or how the payoff is because like there's the Hulk and she's super scared and like gets her ass whooped and is like cr- and, cringing and, she- and almost crying and breaking down and then she just gets over it. And that's kind of it. Doesn't really come back again. Yeah, and and she has red on her ledger. She wants to yeah. atone for, pay off, and yeah, I, I'm, really re- I'm ready. I'm ready. I mean, that's, I'm ready that's to a long, le- ongoing arc. I mean, yeah. you know, Xena Warrior Princess spent six seasons dealing with that issue of a character. Uh. I mean, that that's the core of a character. So, uh, you know, I'm not looking to see. I wasn't expecting to see that cleaned up. I thought that was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's you know, that's great that you know. Shiny hair gel is, you know, has a backstory because that was the first she'd ever had one. You know, it's like otherwise she's like she's, you know, she has an ass is all we know about her. So so it was nice that, okay, so she's an assassin. She's got the dark past and, you know, she's trying to atone for it. All right. You know, now at least there's a character development happening there. So that was cool. But I didn't expect them to bring that full circle and have her. You know, get a puppy at the end of this movie. What, and, what was the last like name a, you said? The, the one you just made up? Shiny hair gel. Shiny, Shiny hair gel. Yeah. Brian's taking notes. <laughs> I, I, I seriously want to write a comic with all of these names. <laughs> I love this. I love this line right here. Where he he's like Tony Stark is asking Cap. You know, all right. How about about this? What about this? How how is it working? He's like, it seems to be running off of some form yes. of electricity. Why yeah. am I the guy? I, yeah, not, of all people. Oh, well, it's yeah. We had lamps where I came from. Yeah, we were just getting like electrified cities. I'm not exactly. Exactly, a you know engineer here. What's what's great and what's difficult about these kinds of movies? I would Dang. classify this with uh, X Men in the in the team sense. 
uh, it's you know it's this great big puzzle piece of <clears throat> you have to have these different characters with different strengths and weaknesses, and you have to find ways for them to come together and story wise and team wise as a puzzle. And so, Whedon Whedon does that juggling act very very well. Someone I think it was in the forums in the discussion of this movie um, said something that again not not myself not having any stake in the mythology and how things ought supposed to be in the world of the Avengers. Someone pointed out something interesting about um, <clears throat> a concept of what he was wanted to see was that uh, that Thor's hammer is not it's not that it's heavy per se that it operates more like like Excalibur yeah and that you have to be worthy to wield it yeah and and someone suggest you know I didn't get this person's interpretation not any necessarily canon but someone said that they wanted to have a moment after having established that the Hulk himself can't lift Thor's hammer to have Captain America do it and not realize he's not supposed to be able to do it just go like hand it it back to Thor and go here you go you know everyone kind of go what you know, because that whole thing about, you know, what's so great about Captain America is like, you know, just to have a fun he's little paragon. He's of, so virtuous. Yeah. You know, that's that he has that that no one else has. He has no edge whatsoever. He's a thoroughly nice guy. Again, you know, it would have been a cool little moment, I think, you know, and again, whether it would have driven true believers of, of the Marvel Universe batshit because that's not how it's supposed to be. I don't know. But I thought it was a fun thought. Along the lines of my previous observation about the landing uh, on this thing, what a j- I'm thinking now thermodynamically, would a jet be able to sustain itself if it was being wrapped around and there wasn't air actively moving through it like this? Well, it's, right it's, now well, it's, it's, it's a hover jet. It's like a Harrier. It's a oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is act that's the and the, uh, the strike fighter. It's an the answer to that. In, the answer to that in the real world as far as Harriers and things like that is just barely. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Harriers barely work. Just barely and using all of your fuel in about yeah, 20 minutes. It's about the most inefficient thing it's, you know, for a very specific purpose. Harriers can't actually land fully vertically on most surface, on most land runways because the jet, the, the exhaust, will melt the asphalt. <laughs> they can yeah. land on steel aircraft carrier decks without a problem, but normal airport asphalt not as well, that's much. the problem I always have when there's a shot like there's one later in the movie where Iron Man is falling and gets the jets to go just in time and he land he almost hits the people right below him, but he doesn't in the you know the jet wash and I just think the enough the amount of thrust to not only stop him but shoot him back up at hundred yeah. miles an hour would be more than the would amount of thrust melt them. on those yeah, people yeah. if he had just landed on them. He just put a lot of it's, watts down to the ground down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even Iron Man has to have some kind of ground effect, so... He would just crush those people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Iron Man, our hero, Splitch. Good job, kid. And I, uh, <laughs> it's, good that, it's good that Captain America, at least the one, is like, he, he, he will stoop to just... I'm just get a gun. That's what I do. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna shoot the motherfucker. And apparently that's that's against canon in some people's world, is that, you know, apparently in the first movie, I remember people saying, how do you feel about Captain America using a gun? It's like, well, he's a soldier in World War II. It'd be stupid if he didn't use what a was gun. Was he supposed to use a ping pong paddle? He's supposed to, like, throw his shield at people or something. Just like, I, again, the there's a difference between being a superhero and being virtuous and being an idiot. Yeah. In the commentary, when that shot happened, where the where Hawkeye shot an arrow that plugged directly into their two computer ports, he was like... I did the R2 thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, Joss is like, what? There's virus arrows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's the good thing. Is like, you know, you know that, you know that Joss Whedon is generally smarter than the material and you know you know he's got to do what he's got to do it's yeah. like you know it's i'm making one of these i get to have my moments i get to get my you know get my little character moments in i get to have as much fun as i can i get to make several millions of dollars but you know 
I do have to do. I I'm gonna put those goofy things in there because that's yeah. what I need to do. Well, just a... like he's you know he said the same thing on uh, Cabin in the Woods with the whole spoilers for Cabin in the Woods for the next ten seconds. Uh, with the whole you know uh, system purge thing, he was like, "What? They would have that button. They yeah, totally have that button. They have to dumble the monsters <laughs> yeah. in the lobby button." Spoilers are over. Um, the other thing is, it just occurred to me um, something that might be an unintended positive consequence of becoming a noteworthy and relatable and 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 and, and known writer like Joss or Lindelof I guess to a certain extent but his this doesn't his, his doesn't play into my point quite so well but the point I was going to make is Lindelof in, in addition to the uh the ease that you'll get in your job after you are a known quantity and people like you and studios know that people like you, uh, you know, you get more work, you get to have more control over your work, all those good things. You know, I'm sure Andrew Kevin Walker got his run of scripts and Aaron Sorkin's the same way, but a third, uh, tertiary sort of side effect of that, that works for them in their favor is something that occurred to me. We were just saying, we know that Joss is smarter than this, so we don't have any problem accepting it. If we don't know the writer, there's a certain amount of our attention being diverted and wondering if they thought that was a good idea. You know, and you, there's no benefit of the doubt there because we don't know them. When it's Joss or Aaron Sorkin or something like that, you can go, they know that they're smarter than that, so not their call. Yeah, well, you but, don't even get hung up on it. But we're, we being who we are, obviously know. Giant assholes? Yeah, yeah our giant assholes about who yeah. Joss Whedon is and his style. But I mean, we most, said the most same- of the 10 billion people who went to go see the Avengers have no fucking clue yeah. who Joss Whedon is nor, nor could care less yeah. or anything about anything. To be fair, most of those most of those people are also the people who when a writer does that and is for serious about it, they don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well here we go, ladies and gentlemen. And and in true Whedon fashion, he Sweet. gives the he gives the character a great moment just before he pulls the rug out from under you on oh. that too. Just like, you know, just like wash. I'm a leaf on the wind, you know, huh? You know, yeah. he's like, he, he just yeah, like, you go wash, you go wash. You go wash, wash is awesome. That was Wash's moment in which he died. You know, spoiler by the way, I suppose, but it's been ten years, so come on. But um <laughs> but the seven years. You know, that's but again, it's like that's that to me is like that's a weedony thing. If, it, uh, yeah. if that's an, yeah. if that's an adjective that's that we can create, aspect yeah. Of it is yeah. The, you know, yeah, it's always a one two punch. You, yeah. He'll make you laugh, and then while you're laughing, he will make you go, ah! you know. And that's he, boy, he does that a lot. It just occurred to me though, it, what it, I, he makes you fall even further yeah. by raising yeah, you up exactly. first. It's it's like it's, it's like an animation thing. It's like you you oppose the movement before you do yeah. it, just to make the movement bigger. So he will actually make you happy and then make you very sad. <laughs> <laughs> it occurred to me that there's actually a danger to the point I was making about giving Joss and Aaron Sorkin and those guys the benefit of the doubt because you just assume that they feel the way you do about the material. They know what's up, and you know you have you you perceive a solidarity with them and give them benefit of that out there. And um, you could also run into trouble doing that. I'm thinking now of actors where you might imagine that a certain actor has the same opinion you do about some movie where you think that this was such a shit movie and you feel bad that that actor was in it. And if you were ever to meet them and say, oh man, sorry about that one. That might be one of their favorite projects. You don't know. Yeah. So you never want to produce it. It was their dream. Exactly. You never want to assume any solidarity with someone, I guess, but it's just funny to me to think that, you know, not if, unless you've heard the commentary and if, they said, yeah, I was to write a script right now with a virus arrow. People would be like, well, Avengers was fucking retarded. But if Josh does, it's like he knew better. He's fine. He, he did that because he had to, not because he's an idiot. That's a mighty so explosion. Was, in your guys' opinion, would that glass chamber drop thing, would that have I, ever I killed the Hulk or the Thor? That's the thing. Is like, of all things to have it drop, well, first of all, who's it landing on? Yeah. You yeah. know, Second in your flying all, aircraft carrier. And, and yeah, it's like, I think we've established that they would just kind of go, ow, 
That yeah. stung. Yeah. That really stung. That was mildly I, annoying. I don't yeah. I think I think the point of that, to be fair, was is just to get the Hulk the fuck out of there if yeah, he starts flipping out, not to the kill point him. Of it. But yeah, but, right. but, but but I'm reacting, I think the same thing. Brian is like oh, Thor is like, I have to get out of here because I'm indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> this I, really threatens my indestructibility, this yeah. glass box that's going to shatter when it hits. Yeah. Yeah. I love how, you know, and it makes perfect sense that it'd be written this way and duh, it's just this is I'm like I'm like looking at a painting and saying, God, I like that they used red, I like red, but I like the idea that Tony Stark is in addition to being a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist superhero, also just an engineer. So if he gets in a situation where it's like the ship, guys, he's the guy who's like, all right, fucking all right, I have all the tools I'd ever need on me right now. I'll go out and fix your stupid fucking ship because I know how. I just love that idea. He's turning. He's getting turned into paste by centripetal force right now, but we'll yeah. ignore that too. Yeah, he gets. Well, you know, he gets thrown he's, from he's the sky. Getting, he's getting turned into paste by inertial forces whenever he's flying. Thank God he invented the yeah. whatever device. Pretty much. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Although I do like that this moment happens. Like, cool, you got it. Up, uh, and then just, and then he goes to the blender underneath it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gnarly. That's like it's like he's gotten fallen into a, a video game bug. There's only two characters in the world, in the you know fictional world, that could handle that sort of a beating and actually not be liquefied, and it's Tony Stark and Indiana Jones. Yeah, now was that too bitter? I think I felt bitter, <laughs> but it's okay now because he gave all that money to education. Yeah, so he can't be yeah. bitter. Someone on the forum was like, I don't know. That feels like buying off the justice system. (laughs) I feel like he's got to do some community (laughs) service. Totally. uh, (laughs) By the way, you can give two million to someone else to make a movie. How many trees would Hitler have to plant to make a neutral state? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you buy carbon credits for genocide? Like how that works? Paul Potts, like, okay, but in my defense, I did clean up a lot of infrastructure. Hey, the trains ran on time. That's right. They actually didn't. Yeah, yes, I know. That's true. Mm-hmm. By the way, the aircraft carrier number 64 is the USS Constellation. Yeah, I was going to say, why, is, why does it have 64? What does CV stand for there? CV carrier 64. vehicle. Ooh. CVN is carrier vehicle nuclear. Um, aircraft carriers are so cool. Now Brian has one up on Wiki. It's just fucking a badass idea for a thing. Uh, but yeah, we're actually, in the real world, we're up to, the US Navy is up to 70 five or something aircraft uh, carriers i thought it was like 15 we've been making them for a long time yeah they, wow they, and the bigger. numbering is not always consistent yeah uh um, like they could be prototypes and you know or, or designs. but anyway my my question is like what exactly is that the 64th of yeah is there are there 63 <laughs> other prototype yeah. carriers in various smoking heaps around the <laughs> continental united states presumably that actually you were talking about the the deleted scene or the missing scene of how fury you know, the, the, the cards are faked, you know, it's the setup is right there. The scene we just saw where he says, you know, this is never going to work. They need something to bring them together to believe in. 79, you sorry. know, the whole scene is about Nick Fury going, all right, I'll give them something to believe in. You know, I'll, I'll totally, I'm going to use your death yeah. to totally okie doke them, you know, and it's, it's totally set up there. It works either way. That's the beauty of it. Are you but, sure the scene's deleted? I feel like I saw it. It's, it's yeah, not in the no, movie. No, 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 no. This is in the, this, this is the payoff for a lot of other setup stuff. No, no, no. I no, mean the scene, the where scene he of him that this is a sham, that this is a sham. No, no, no. The, the this between like Maria a, Hill and Nick Fury. Yeah. Give me one yeah. sentence. That is in This here? is the payoff to a much longer scene. They kept the payoff but lost all the scene leading up to her and him and being like, well, that's kind of fucked up. And that had been brewing for a long time. They just kept the payoff of that. Oh, moment. they kept the payoff of this scene. They yeah. didn't keep the payoff of her. We're not watching her. a version of the movie that has 
deleted scenes in it. We're okay. watching the theater. No, I understand that. I'm yeah. saying, okay. They kept that because it is so fucking awesome and dark. That yeah. Why wouldn't you keep okay. it? Okay. But it had been brewing a long time. Right. And there was a there was a whole relationship between him and her that. And she was very much not, like, you're okay. kind of fucked up. And this was sort of the nail on the head thing. Okay. She I understand the, now. The virtue once the Avengers saved so the world. So you're saying that is in the movie that, that we do find out that he just totally yeah. faked that with we, the cards? We, yeah. we oh, find well, that out. Good but, for you, movie. I didn't yeah. remember that, you know, because I didn't remember you that well. Because yeah. There's a lot going on, yeah. There's a lot but of that's cool. Here. That's extra dark. I like it. I like this, my dark this little movie does, and it, it glances off these these things just every now and then. The, the line when Fury first comes to Captain America and says, you know, yeah, we we've got actually gotten a lot wrong in the time that you've been asleep. You know, kind of the whole nine post nine eleven yeah. mindset. It's just yeah, and and that other yeah, thing, the idea that Captain America wakes up to, in the future and hates it. You know? Yeah, he hates post nine <laughs> yeah. eleven America. Yeah. It's like wow, that's and it just it. And I'm assuming because it's you know it's Disney's four quadrants tentpole thing. It's like you can't push we, it too far. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure like if but, Whedon really but you had have his to have brothers, it a little better, you're going to lose one of your quadrants. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, if Whedon had his like blue sky druthers, he would have gone even further. But he's it's frankly it's still impressive that he managed even these glancing little blows here and there. You are no longer worthy of the thing. Go of, home. That kind of feels like what it's this little mini scene is building up to. Oh, did he just decide not to grab it? Yeah. Oh, fuck, but yeah, I know. <laughs> God, if they had just gotten a good filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. Harry Dean Stanton. Yep. Yeah, a little cameo there. Very nice. He's frying. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I, I, I also do really enjoy, in a, kind of any genre movie, the character who just kind of takes it in stride. He's like, I don't know what just happened, but it but, sure did happen. So yeah. you're yeah. naked. You want to like underwear or something? Yeah. I see that after this impossible thing has happened that you are lacking a shirt. Yeah. He's he's a security guard. He's, he's just very pragmatic. He's, he's seen like, all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. Do you want do you want pants? That's <laughs> number question number one. I'm not gonna ask you what just happened. About four years ago around back, two yeah. dudes were having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it all, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I ruined their day. <laughs> yeah. But that's where I got the pants from. <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton. He's alien? kind of achieved equilibrium of olding, of aging. He's, he's he's looked that way for quite some time. Yeah, he's you know he's Harry Dean Stanton. Oh wow, the movie went Instagram on us. Yeah, this is a. It's That's weird. where all the money went. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, they spent a little while on this. Watch the detail of his arm right now. Um, the, when they come out of this color correction, they do a little interesting thing here where it kind of sucks up into his shirt. I was watching yeah. it when I w- uh, was reviewing it this morning because I was curious because I remember that they did this hardcore domino color correction shit and it just fades out. And I was wondering at which point the totally blown out red data on his arm was going to start, you know, coming together and just coalescing into a real image. And uh, I was noticing that when it was like, hey, they actually did fancy work here. It's not just a filter that they're opacitying off. They're actually sucking it out of the room. Good job, guys. Subtle. Good, good job, Mike. Well yeah. played. I I looked at that shot as, <laughs> yeah. as someone else was doing it. Yeah. How big he looked is the at team? it and he went, Jerry, you do this one. <laughs> How big is the team on a 3D conversion project like this? How fast do you have to get the thing done? It de- it totally depends on the project. How much time? Sometimes. Well, are we talking about 10 guys or 200? More like 200. Yikes. Yeah. Where were you working at when you did this? Uh, a place called Stereo D. Stereo D. Because they did, I mean, like was I said. Stereo C not hired? They were di- no, unfortunately. They were doing. Uh, where are the other three companies? They were doing Titanic at the time, like I say. And uh, I think Titanic, despite being a bigger movie in a, in one sense, I believe they actually had a smaller team because they had more time. Right. Whereas Avengers had to be turned around in something like eight months, six months. 
Wow. And by turn around, you let's just clarify, you mean rotoscoping everything in the entire movie all the way through. Yes. And then Blah. using that data to construct a depth map right. to create just, the two. Did you just use Silhouette? I mean, what, what software do you use to extract all the, just doing your, your spline tracing? Uh, the, I mean, you can rotoscope in, in any program. All you have to do is get the mat. You can do it in After Effects. You can do it in New... So I it's bel- not like they some, use Silhouette. It's not some fancy-ass new thing that exists now. Where I was rotoscoping, this, no. Well, not, not rotoscoping, <laughs> but it's not <laughs> new software that they've come up with more recently to make that easier. Because where I was going with that is, if it has gotten to the point that I imagine it plausibly could have, that there's some really smart way of, you know, divining match from things like this now we could redo scanner darkly and it wouldn't be as big of a pain in the ass um but i don't know if it's all the same process again then the the exact same the company called the pixel farm who does who did pf track one of the the 3d match moving software and stuff like that they just came out with one called pf depth which apparently is going to help uh automate and and proceduralize the process a little bit of of conversion and and whatnot um that's not what was used at stereo d they have a proprietary system um for actually doing the the 3d taking work, out the but, mats and making a, a depth map out yeah of it. but um what we're talking about by the way let me tell you let me tell you how i understand this and you correct me because it's wrong but what we're <laughs> yeah. talking about is magic. to simulate a 3d experience the first piece of data you need is to know where everyone is in the scene and the way that will work in these cases is they'll create a black and white image where things that are white front I'm assuming the lighter they are, the closer they are to camera and it starts getting, it's basically a Z gradient going back until the far background is blacker or darker version of gray. And you just have to go out and fucking cut out Tony Stark right now and make him medium gray and the back walls is gray. And that rail keeps changing in distance and the color is going to change on that. All this just to create a black and white image that totally simulates depth. depth yes. As if it was filled, the room was filled with fog and you're just seeing things fade off into the distance. Yes. And so everyone was glowing white. That's so that that's at on this project and on several you know projects as a depth artist. That was my job. My job was to take the black and white mats and place them together and animate the the color so that things dropped off to gray oh. and uh, th- dropped off to black and got closer to white as they came closer to the camera and animated between them as they changed distance. So you were in the, the in- intermediary phase between someone rotoing it all out and someone applying it to the footage. You were actually in Well, I, I doing... also I took that information, applied it to the footage through the proprietary stuff and then any final cleanup. And then just start building it. After that. As the rail moves closer, it's going to get a bit brighter, that kind of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. Was, uh, That's a pain in the ass. Was it you so in your work. stage then where you decide how many different depth layers there are in any given shot? It's not, well, it's, it's uh, just... Where, where, at the, where the level is that decision made? I, it's, well, it's just like general visual effects stuff, uh, okay. like a composite. I make a decision in the sense that I put it together a certain way and then I show it to the people above me and they say yay or nay. Okay. And if they don't like what I did, they have me change it. They say, no, push that back a little bit, pull that forward a little bit, do this, that, and the other. I try that. They go, okay, almost there, this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. So, um... I'm assuming you're doing yeah. dailies in a 3D screening room. You're not watching the depth map, right? That's correct. Now, if what, there if there is something weird, is, you know, you, you render both. So if there's something weird, they're like, what's going on over there? You could They'll look map. at the depth map right. and see what's going on. How much help do you get from, you know, DD or Weta or ILM or any of the other 4,500 effect shops from like an all-CG cityscape shot or something like it, that? It, do you just get a depth render from them and that's it? Uh, it depends on. I don't. I don't believe we ever got any depth renders. I didn't. Um, there's but, not, a, there's but, not a whole lot of entirely but, CG shots in this movie. No, but you do. Um, depending again on the, uh, on the project, um, sometimes they will be so kind as to give you the the 
kind of a a baked down version of the of the comp. So instead of giving you the fi- just the final plate, mm-hmm. they give you you know the clean plate and then the roto characters and then the the you know the spark layers and the smoke layers and stuff like that. So so that I I can then. Use Com- that to get most of the way. I, I can well, I can use that. I can depth them each individually and then composite them back together in 3D. So it's much more natural and much cleaner than trying to do that, especially when you're dealing with smoke and, and other simulations like that. A super specific question from the chat room while we're still on it. VFX okay. asks, "Do you know if this was treated as parallel or animated convergence?" Um, uh, let me interject. I'm What's tr- the difference? The 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 difference between parallel and animated convergence is uh. Parallel is just the the two cameras are basically you know Parallel cameras quote unquote six inches apart or are are well they're they're actually less than that they're you know a number of millimeters apart but oh wow they're they're um just pointing straight ahead the whole time right, right. so the the depth the the the, the 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 difference doesn't change. The difference, the difference yeah. between the two the difference between the two perspectives doesn't change. Right. They're parallel. They're parallel. Whereas there's a certain school of thought that says well. E- Another way to think about it is to pull convergence like pulling focus because that's what you do naturally with your eyes. If if there's a point of your focus, mm-hmm. not only is it focus in, in a 2D image, but in a 3D image, it's also a point of focus in depth. So if someone is uh, walking from okay. the back of the room to the front of the room, you know, if you put, if you put your f- finger out at arm's length and then you pull it towards your face, if you're trying to stare at your finger, your eyes are going to kind of cross to, to stay. And so the, the actual the, the trigonometry of... The, the distance between the two eyes is going to change. Yeah, so that basically the cameras, uh, in when you actually do this, because sometimes they actually shoot with pulling convergence the way you pull focus, yeah. the, the cameras will basically kind of um, rotate um, angle, rotate inwards and rotate outwards so that the place of their convergence, where the two kind of point of points of view collide is intersect. on whatever you're or intersect yeah is on whatever you're trying to look at interesting as, as i recall i there were some shows where we did he's saying pure parallel there were there were some shows where we did um animated convergence i think this one i think i did some shots that were animated on this one but but i i can't say that with a hundred percent memory he's saying was, in the chat just you know, for example and i don't know if he's right or not but i'm assuming he is because he's talking about it and these are weird things that people don't just read in articles uh, avatar was treated as animated convergence it, and prometheus was parallel uh, i i did not know that about prometheus but i did know that about avatar avatar was a big deal because cameron is a huge proponent of animated convergence and there's an argument to be made that that was one of the first movies where people were like, wow, the 3D doesn't make me want to kill myself. So it may have been that may in, be the difference. in large yeah. part the animated convergence. Thank Wait, you, Dorkman. Were you saying that Titanic was animated? Was uh, I, I didn't work on Titanic, so right. I, I okay. can't know. Yeah. And, and you're saying you I'm sure if I'm saying I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure I animated the convergence on shots on okay. s- some shots in this. Watch you watch that be something that you weren't supposed to do, and someone hears that and retroactively takes your name out of the credits. Yeah, <laughs> but dude, we're all doing a thing here, and we're back in the movie talking about Loki because we kind of you know it's a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, I like that line. This usually works when he's trying to you know tesseractify Iron Man. Don't you think Loki would have done his homework on that? I don't know. Loki's probably never heard of whatever this arc reactor stuff is. But he's he's come. His plan has been specifically to keep the Avengers at each other's throat. No. So. I think he basically just keeps track of who in, who is and who is not a god. 
And everything other than that, it details. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else he doesn't care about. All right. This is the second indulgence of uh, getting an Iron Man suit on in this movie. The <laughs> yeah. first one I think is awesome. And I, I allow myself the idea that Tony does this so often that he did go through the trouble of building a system to take it off yeah. of him. The, the following him in case he falls out of his building thing is a... <laughs> yeah. It's, again, it's, it's forward thinking. It's something you'd find in the comic book. Yeah. yeah really. He just he just blinded two people and, yeah. and third degree and, burned and the rest of them. I, one, one thing about it is that was... In in Iron Man two, of course, he had the briefcase suit. Yeah, right. and in this which one, made a kind of sense. Yeah. I was like, okay, I all know right though. In well, this it one, made in a the story sense, not so much a physics sense. In well, the, but yeah, welcome to Iron Man. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. In this, in the Cinefix, they mention um, that that you, but that was difficult to figure out how to kind of make it unfold and stuff like that. And they they say, um, and you can watch it again and kind of look for it. They actually kind of cheat in this movie because they don't really show it unfolding from the pod the little the little capsule like it's, yeah, the capsule is the capsule is falling it. and they show it start to open and then the next time you see it it's pretty much all the way open and they're like that's it's just pure they totally acknowledge that was pure hand waving and just edit, editorially cheating yeah. and implying because we could we could not make sense of the that. way we the way we do it you know if we had to build it practically like well look yeah. one shot of it starting to open and then like an insert of his it's going on his arm and then then it's almost already on yeah there. which is kind of a great way to think about it to yeah. be honest it's like filmmaking or something yeah <laughs> it's almost like you're still telling a story yeah, just using different as, tools as opposed to oh we'll just put it all on screen and it'll be good and the camera will rotate around it three times while yeah, it happens just spin around as we mentioned before just about every fucking effects company in hollywood worked on the avengers and some elsewhere too in fact probably mostly elsewhere but there's a bunch of different teams <laughs> working. let's let's run indoors and then stand by the plate glass window Good thing. <laughs> you know you want to make sure that you get you know your eyes cut out of your head it's important but something seth was that the, was that the first comic of the avengers that you were showing me a second ago loki's on the cover of the first issue and he's wearing the same outfit so they were totally pinned down so they were to stuck what he was with doing it. with the with the giant ass horns is what i'm getting at yeah. so you know they were just playing into what's already there but even the scale of the horns he might have actually had them scaled down a bit for the movie so my god stan <laughs> what are you doing to me well sh when shit is due at five o'clock and you're already yeah you got an issue to get out how do i make his helmet look different does anyone have giant horns yes on the front yeah, curved backwards. Not yet. So just just because you know I'm mildly interested, what the fuck's going on? The Loki wants to have humans as his slaves because yeah. he's a drama queen. Yeah. He's hired these other yahoos from space to make it happen for him, and they get the they get the glowy thing. Yes, they that's, get the test. Right. He will, he will the give them the glowy okay. thing, and in exchange, All right, they fine. Will give him. And, and, in exchange, he gets to basically his whole thing is. He's like you said. He's he's a drama queen. He's really butthurt about the fact that he doesn't get to be a real god. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to be the god of this world, I'm and you will buy myself me. a godhood. Yeah, exactly. I'll, so I'll buy that... myself a godhood with a war, and then you guys can go and do whatever you want, and I'll be god back here. So it's actually a really great deal for the other guys. Yeah. Like, oh, we give you this one bass backwards backwater yeah. little planet, and we rule and we the, get universe the universe with this thing. Yeah, yeah. we give Sold. you the planet where you are qualified to be a god. Awesome. <laughs> The Fantastic. smoke on that is amazing. Yeah. Nice flare, Thank nice you, Pavlich. Yeah. I've been wondering where the waitress, where I saw the waitress before, because she looks so familiar. She was on Growing Pains. Yep. <laughs> That's when she was a little girl. Right. 
That's the weird thing and about like you remembered that. The, no, that's the little thing about child actors and actresses. You know, in fifteen years, this character on a show that you maybe watched a bit of is going to be around and probably still trying to act, and they're still going to have a semblance of the old face, but they're not going to look <laughs> like they looked when you memorized their face. So you'll never get any closure on it unless you freaking Google them, because it's like I know I've seen you somewhere. We should have some kind of national registry for international adult former child actors. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Like, if they move into your neighborhood, they have to come to your house and tell you that they live there. <laughs> they have to go door to door. Hi, I was in... I used uh, to be on that Alan Thicke show. I was, I was okay, in two well, seasons of Full House. We'll Hi. keep the kids indoors then. Yeah. You have to keep your lights off on Halloween. Does yeah. anyone know if there's an explanation for they why, just are. why they're giant? So, okay. Why they have faces? They're using uh, unobtainium to fly. Why? Because oh, well. why the fuck not? No, but they're they are living creatures that can breathe in space. Because whatever, yeah. They're, what they're the alive? ships are? The ships are, the yeah. ships are living There's creatures. Are alive things? That's that's why they have faces because they're living things. Okay. Why, why do they have metal all over them? Yeah, they're space worm whales. Big space yeah. worm whales. <laughs> oh, so this is actually just the thing that comes out and tries to eat the Millennium Falcon in Empire Strikes Back. Pretty with much some clothes on with his with his armor on. But yeah. like combined with remember remember the dinosaurs that had like the armor plating and lasers on them. Sure. Those toys? Those ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I do remember the ones that had bites taken out of them already. I mean, it is it is insane. I mean, it's an insanely, you know, wonderfully glorious, goofy thing to have a flying space whale cruising the streets of Manhattan. Visually, it's fine. At this point, I'm like, you know. Whatever's this, happening at, is happening. At this point, we're going to like, you know, thumbs down. And that's just stupid. No, there's a giant green guy in this movie. It's stupid. Stupid's out the window already. The stupid ship has sailed. Just, <laughs> just roll with it now. You know, just have fun with it. It's sailing alongside the it's sailing sperm alongside. whale. Now, this is where space. also this, this is talking about visual effects in general. Just this from here on out, the movie just exhausts me to watch because I f- think about everyone who had to make it. Yeah. And especially I think about just a shot of a whale cruising by had 10,000 windows being shattered, you know, and like just I know it's a particle simulation now and it's not as hard as it used to be. But I still just think, oh, my God, what poor son of a bitch had to do that shot. You know, it'd be great if all the windows in the Chrysler building all broke. Great. <laughs> Remember that great. shot at the end of Fight Tom, Club get where on the buildings that. broke? Remember that shot at the yeah. end of Fight Club there? That took one guy, because he wasn't working with Particle Sims. I think he just animated it all. It took one guy eight months for that shot. Yeah. That's how hard this is. Anything else is just a workaround or more dudes or time. Or, or girls. Or dogs. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones powering it sometimes. They run on a treadmill and just power the computers. No, but I've worked at studios that have uh, studio dogs before, though. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I worked at a production company. Sounds sad. Those. You don't like dogs? Huh? I don't like studio dogs sometimes. Why? Yeah. Because it's a place of business, not where your dog can run around and... And poop and shit. And poop and yes. shit and bark and bite. Were you yeah. pooped and shitted on and bitten by a dog at a studio? Not a dog. <laughs> Multiple times. By yes. a dog. <laughs> By quite a few of them. I'm not a fan of, in general, of bringing bringing animals Compromise. to a place of business. Compromise. But. Studio snake. <laughs> sure. Studio tarantulas also studio yeah, tarantulas much easier to, to deal with. I had an idea for making my entire studio a habit trail, and just hamsters are always running around <laughs> the pipes around me. <laughs> All direct, like like it's almost like like, and then you can use them to send messages to each other. Yes, like like those old pneumatic tubes. Take this to the art guys. Just like you, you open up the thing. Here, 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 squeaky. Take, take this, take this over to accounting. Dude, and then I'll I approve of this. Screw one thing and pressurize the system, and all the hamsters go. <laughs> 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 Boom. 
<laughs> that's or, how it, or or fill it with hamsters and one snake <laughs> and one snake. Well, that's how you get the hamsters. <laughs> just watch the that's, hamsters and just run. watch the fun. So this one is doomed. You Look see, at him. There he goes. He's going there. Oh, he's going like, to the dead end. By, and then ten seconds later, you see a snake. It's like yeah. watching real life Pac Man. Just you just have a, a habit trail surrounding the room with sixteen hamsters <laughs> and one snake. Pac Man in real life. Waka 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 waka. <laughs> but you have to find some way to be able to have the hamsters eat something that reverses the. So the ghosts become eatable. How would you do that? Pressurize the system. <laughs> and then all the hamsters just hit the snake. Oh, uh, wow. So flying space whale. Yeah. Flying space whale, exploding buildings. We've talked in our other commentaries that someone in some future year, it's too soon now, is going to do some kind of sociological expose on why for the last decade we've insisted on having... All of our movies climax with collapsing skyscrapers <laughs> and what that says about our national psyche. Yeah. Well, the that, the that'll fact, be a tough one, I think, to figure out. Yeah. Well, the fact that we did it I did before. That anyway. <laughs> the fact that we did it before 9-11 and then when 9-11 happened, we only just amped it up. Yeah. yeah. Now we just do it more. Mike, were you well, working nope. at 4K? Nobody huh? went. No. Hey, 2K. let's stop doing that. Maybe Ixnay on the collapsing building. Well, yeah. we did for about uh, like six months. Yeah. We were like, can't have that. We yeah. got to change the ending to the movie because the building collapses and oh god. But then after that, we were like, you know what? No, fuck that. Yeah, we're gonna do it even more now. This is our Trey Transformers is our stand against terrorism. Yeah, <laughs> I see. <laughs> we destroy we destroy New York so because we don't let because, the other guys because, do it. Yeah. You can't destroy New York. Only we can destroy it's like New only York. Only I can make fun of my brother. Yeah. yeah. All right. This is how mad we are. We're going to destroy New York ourselves, and we like that city. This is as usual, motherfucker. That's what we America. do to a city we like. <laughs> so here we go. You know, we got our nice, uh, you know, da, 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 the, the team comes together. Bump. And everyone starts to play their role. Bump. I've seen a, I've seen a, I've seen a gif of that. That is actually pretty funny. He, it's the I'm bringing the party to you, and then he flies around, and then the the space worm <laughs> oh, rail yeah. flies around the side of the building, and it's got a huge party hat on, <laughs> and it's trailing a happy birthday banner. And when it hits the when it hits the building, a bunch of confetti comes exploding out. It's so awesome. It's a party monster. <laughs> So there's been much discussion on the internet about, okay, well, if he cannot control the Hulkness and the anger sometimes, but now all of a sudden he can, people That's have... That's a secret, Brian. He's always angry. Well, yeah. I mean, it works for me thematically, and I think that line is so fucking tragic, it breaks my heart every time. But some people have issues like, oh, well, why can he all of a sudden control it? I think he... Well, I think the point is that he can control it... He, he can generally control it all the time. He's always keeping it under control. But sometimes he's pushed to the point where he, right. he reaches well, a breaking point. And, he and can the, turn it on and off if he wants to, but sometimes he reaches a breaking point and it just breaks through. Well, and, and I think the point is... I think some people's problem with it is why at some points does he seem, you know... He seems to have some cognitive faculties. He can take orders and, right. you know, control yeah, that, himself. That's the thing. It's like before he was just like, I kill Scarlett Johansson. But right. now he's like only kills bad guys. Right. But, but I guess but I guess the, he's only barely down. able to dis- differentiate between the two because he does punch Hulk right. or uh, Thor later. Oh, he did that. So. I, but he did that Great because joke. he was remembering their fight from earlier is yeah. my interpretation of that. So so then the, then the question remains. It's like, is it just... Be, just no, no, Hulk. The shiny ones. The shiny ones. Yeah. Kill them. I, I, okay. I, th- I think again I think the like idea when when he's when he unleashes it willingly and it's not he's been pushed beyond his self control, then he still has some control in yeah. in the Hulk state. It's if he if he's 
if he's chosen to release it, he is in control. Right. If he has not, then by definition, he has lost control. Right. So I, I think I don't think it's any more complicated than that. So it's it's just unfortunately just he's so clearly indestructible, impervious to absolutely everything. Yeah, he becomes yeah. the the just, cheat know. the cheat code. Yeah, exactly. And they've already got yeah. a god mode over yeah, here. Yeah, they already have god mode, and, and you know, and Tony Stark is almost impervious to everything. He'll, yeah. he'll get his paint job dented, and that's all that ever happens to him. So, so it's a little, a little overpowered. Well, yeah. that's uh, I mean, that's in the uh, is it the Civil War storyline that they. They basically do. Maybe it's not the Civil War, but in, in some major Marvel storyline, they understand exactly that about the Hulk, and so they know sh- a whole bunch of shit is about to go down. And like, okay, well, if Hulk ends up on either side, then the other side instantly loses. So what we're gonna do is put him in a capsule and yeah. launch him into space, <laughs> and and that will World, World War Hulk. Thank you, Seth. Uh, well, and then I'll just at least buy us enough time to figure all this shit yeah. out. <laughs> And hopefully he never comes back. But if he does, <laughs> we're going to be in a lot of trouble. He's going to be mad. He's going to be super And that's mad. kind of his thing to begin with. <laughs> I want a sky jet ski like those guys. I used to think I wanted a stat platform, but that's cooler. Apparently, by the way, Hawkeye's archery is not good. Yeah, his, um, his form. At least in yeah. some of his yeah. pictures. I mean, some of the stills, someone was in the trailer, but someone was breaking it down. It's, it's mostly a matter of uh, the angle of his elbow, uh-huh. apparently, is the thing. Your yeah, it's rotated. Supposed- it should be... Uh, yeah, it's... I actually... Gone. Take an archery lesson, a couple of archery lessons recently. And yeah, you don't want it to be, want it to be up. You want to be like your f- shoulders forward a little bit. Yeah. In fact, one of the mo- and, and on that note, one of the most iconic stills of uh, Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen, her form is <laughs> horrifyingly bad. Apparently, she's got because your elbow is supposed to be a straight line. You're supposed to be able to draw a straight line from the you know the line of the arrow to your elbow. And there's one her, the most famous profile shot of her that you see. She's got her elbow cocked up at a 45 degree upward angle. Yeah, by her ear. Yeah, which is like, well, you've got no power whatsoever to your stroke, there, sweetie. So. I hadn't picked up on the fact that they were living creatures. Well, it's funny because yeah, I never had either until, but but the one that just wrecked earlier, the first one they take down, you actually can see the creature being exposed as his armor is being broken off. I mean, you can yeah. see that there is a, a flesh beast under there, and that literally is his armor that he's that, that, that you see on the exterior, which I'd never picked up on either. So, you know, okay. They're in space, whatever. They've got armor, like yeah. you do. Well, at least she has a real gun now. Yeah. Did you guys hear the... Uh, the week of fan fun of photoshopping together posters of like a females Avengers sort of thing, the females expendables Avengers week that we Which, had. Th- yeah. That whole poster, like what if every character, no, no, Avengers- that's different. What oh, you're, you're, what okay. you're about to say is All different, right, well, but we'll we can get to that, that in a too second, if we want I to. Guess. You're talking about the literal discussion of a, a female, Expendables movie? I had seen pictures of female superheroes all in one movie, and it seemed to be happening at the same time as the females Expendables thing, and I figured it was all from one 4chan thread somewhere. Well, they actually are, I believe, at least discussing the concept of a female Expendables movie with Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton and whoever else. Pam I feel, like that's, I feel like that's sexist. My God. Yeah, I think it's an awesome idea. So, they should be making that right now. No, I, no, I think that'd be great. But it may just be discussion, and you know that may you know. But even if it is just discussion, hopefully it leads to someone in some studio going, "We should totally do that." Yeah. Why yeah. are they relegated to their own movie? That's segregation. Well, should all be in one movie. The dudes Why got their all? own first, twice, twice. So Three you know times. they got all the female ones first. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, that's segregation. Why can't they share with the men? <laughs> Excuse. Wait. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold up a second here. That's not how that works. Yeah. 
So this like, aren't you giving the, them preferential treatment? Yes. This literally, because, is the, this literally is the bag and the action figures together, but at least yeah. it's, it's classy and fun. It's literally like, okay, so now we've got all the Avengers and they have all their powers. What's all the cool, fun, teamy things they can do? It's like, yeah. he can throw to him and he can throw, he can punch him and yeah. he can and bounce he can his bounce beam his off laser, of that. Yeah. But, you know? I, I, and, but and at least you, you can almost see Josh going, okay, well, that's that's what this sequence is, so fine. This, at least well, I'm going to make it challenging for myself and do an amazing one Right. But, to, but I mean, part of it, this the... The point of it is, again, it's not just Joss going, I want to do a one or whatever. It's that shot is the way it is because it is because it is telling the story of they are now working as a team. It's all in one shot because it's all they're all working as one fluid machine. So So. apparently they're actually in the process of putting together the cast for the female Expendables. Good. 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 Is it is it actually like related to the Expendables or is it that just kind of what everyone's calling it all because it's the, the elevator pitch? female version of okay. Expendables. Right. It's in the pipeline. Oh, cool. As they say. That's I'm awesome. I'm sure it's going to come down to a lot to who they can get who yeah. wants to do it. Something and, I hadn't noticed about that big shot we were just talking about where they do the handoffs is uh, the way they take down the ship. I just never remembered that detail but the way he does it is hulk rips off a giant piece of the metal plating on the creature and then jams it down into the thing's neck and then <laughs> thor runs over and lightnings the thing uh, and it like yeah. it, it shocks the inside of the of the big bad whale guy that i don't think it did anything wrong Teamwork. <laughs> it just wants to live Save the space whales yeah drop the exploding dude in the pit yeah. of innocent civilians. Yeah. Um, okay, but can we rant about that stupid uh, painting or Photoshop or whatever? Or something I don't like think it's stupid. So if you want to do it, oh, all right. Well, let's let's fight, fight about it. Fight, then. fight, fight. Yeah, fight. Uh, what if every character in the Avengers posed the way Scarlett Johansson poses, and it's all like basically them just showing off their ass? Yeah, which and, is which is part of the larger thing that people have said for quite some time is what if just in general male superheroes were drawn like female superheroes and treated yeah. that way? Yeah. yeah. But it's the the point that these that people making that point I trying to make is that oh this is a the sexism and there's a double standard that is not applicable to the male side of these, which is totally missing the actual point in the sense yes, Black Widow and female comic book characters are fan service and drawn in a particular way to be fan service, but the male characters are. No, drawn as fan service too, no. just in a different way. No, no. They're ne- they're, they are they're they don't like poke their crotch at yeah, you and go, look at my genitalia. No, they're they idealized. They poke their arm muscle. No, no, no. And but that's I- the difference. Yes, yes. they're but idealized. No, listen, that's the same thing. No, it's not. That's idealization. That's not sexualization. They're they're looked at as like paragons of masculinity and virtue and stuff like that. Whereas someone like uh, Black Widow or any of these characters who are drawn with like basically nothing but pasties on and the way they stand and they're pushing their butt out and stuff like that, they're drawn as fuck toys. That's the difference. They're presented mm. solely as, I mean, sure, they're heroes and stuff of, no, like I that, think, but they're also available. I see the point Brian's making. Here's why I disagree I see with the it. point Brian's making. No, no, no. no. Yeah, here's, okay. here's, here's why I disagree with it. That, the idea that they're both at least com- comparable sorts of idealization where, you know, the guys are drawn to be super strong, the women are drawn to be super sexy, makes sense if the young reader who's idealizing is a boy. Right. But, but it doesn't and, work if the young reader and, is a girl. And they are boys. But it's That's also. But it's also. It's just the fact that the reason we're hearing this conversation is because there are more girls now, yeah. including you know, like including you know, comic book, including fans. comic book author, comic book writers who go, yeah, fucking hell, that shit happens, and we hate it. Yeah, you know. But but again, there's a difference between they're drawn. The the men are drawn with having big muscles. Okay, fine, and they're in skin tight suits and. 
I'm not. You don't hear me complaining about that. Sure, <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, but they, they and, don't know you're in the audience. Yeah, either. I mean, and the, you were, but, you were it, the one that went on a was it on Thor about which? Yes, because Avenger you like to be wrecked by. I mean, yes. it's the same. No, it's but it's not. No, it's, it's not. It's because not because the not thing done is that way intentionally. Because the thing is. It's, I'm not saying it's they are. It is intentional. No, they are physically. Women, intentional. Yeah, the the men are physically idealized. Yes, but they get to stand there and be men and just stand there. A woman in a comic book can never just stand there. It's one thing if they were just drawn very beautiful and they had big breasts and you know all, all and the and other tiny stuff waist, and, right. and tiny waist, all right. that stuff. Fine, but they can never just stand there. They've always got to be like posing in such a way that they're like you know presenting no matter what they're doing. Their butts out, their hips are forward, their their breasts are out. It's it's and they're. They're dressed a certain way where it's like, why even, you know, they, the, the way their clothing is designed, it's like, why even have, why even have that piece of armor? Like, you're practically naked and then you've got a thing yeah. on your shoulder. Why? And some what people, you... some, some, some artists have even gone as far as to go like, that's not physically possible the yeah. way she's posing right now. You'd have to have no spine yeah. to be able to poke your ass out that hard toward the viewer. <laughs> so it's, it's, and, and lately a By lot the way, of... here's the shawarma restaurant yeah. uh, Easter egg. Lately, a lot of so a lot of later on when he goes, yeah, I saw a shawarma place. That's the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. there, there's a lot of there are comic books who are that are being more careful about that, and there are movies that seem to be being more careful about. Okay, that. I will. Yes, I will say that. Yes, going back in history, yes, what you're saying is absolutely the. But it still exists. Case. And it's, yeah. the point it, it is, still it still exists. exists. And it's still the case to an extent. But it bothers me that people go to that feminist well immediately and it's like this double standard well on something like the Avengers film with Joss Whedon where you're spending all of his screen time fleshing out Scarlett Johansson. It's Johansson's not era. talking about the movie. It's I, talking about the poster. It's talking about the way Joss the poster Whedon didn't was paint designed. that poster. I feel like you might be in a hole, sir. It's talking about the way the poster's designed. Well, if you and think I'm in and, a hole, goddamn. And, and to be fair, and, 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 you know. and again, it's not, it's not saying... You know, goddamn the Avengers. The Avengers is is the most sexist thing ever. It's the sec- you know. It, it's talking it, about marketing of yeah, the Avengers. It's talking about marketing. Number okay, one, that's a fair distinction. Number one, it's talking about marketing. Number two, it's not complaining about Avengers so much as saying, and here it is again. Avenger, the Avengers poster just came out. We've been talking about this shit for for years and months and whatever. And even Joss Whedon's movie, they gotta have Scarlett Johansson shove their shove her ass at us. Yeah, even but, the, but even a movie that itself but, but isn't does Thor an interesting job with the character, huh? But isn't Thor shoving his bicep at us? No, 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 not because at all in I'm the not, same way. Because it and doesn't encourage I, me to fuck his bicep. Yeah, but no woman is encouraged to fuck his bicep. Yeah, exactly. He's I, showing now that I disagree with. Uh, what I, I think women go, I want to fuck his bicep. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I know, wi- I know, female comic book. Well, fans. the closest they, we have is Mike, so Mike, go for they it. They are they okay? There is an attraction there, but again, he's not presenting himself as an object of of is primarily an object of sexuality the, the and sexual gratification. The equivalent is if Thor was rubbing his crotch to the camera. Yeah. That's the equivalent of presenting your of, ass of your basically breasts. saying, "Sure, I'm holding a gun, but." Here I am also, so you can, you know, the the primary thing I'm here is bones. for you to think about bone in me. You know, that's yeah. that's the difference. If she if she were just there and, you know, they yeah. enhanced her breasts on the on the the cover or whatever, it or if, okay. the, or if the picture of her, if it was a picture of Scarlett Johansson with beautiful arm muscles. Yeah. No, no, which you see, don't that's see. Not, that's not the point I'm making though. Or it's, just with breasts. It's, it's the no, it's, it's the, just it's the it's the fact that the particulars of whether it's a male or female of their sexualization is it's different. It's not but what, what what you're talking uh, about. Guy, the point of sexualization is their bicep. No, that's not no. sexualization. That's you idealization. That is not right. sexualization well, what is male at all. Sexualization. Huh? What would male sexualization look like? 
It, well, it, the the thing is, it's the problem it's, is it's hard to do because males don't do that. Yeah, it's difficult. It's you know, difficult that, that to quantify. a different degree of difficulty. It's difficult to quantify because, and and one of the reasons that this conversation happens and that the complaint comes up, you ask that and it's like, well, I can't really point to anything because that's not the way it works. The problem is that females are sexualized and men are not. And we're so inured to that and thinking that's the way that you present men and women well, that it's like, like no, no. romance novel cover, like a Fabio kind of thing? Sorry? Like a trashy romance novel cover. Or like somewhat, cover. somewhat to that's, that effect. That's about as close as you can get. That's, yeah. a, that's about as close as you get. Um, and that's and the thing, again, like, but again, but again, aren't they opposed but again, to their even that, but again, no. even that, yeah. we're, we're also their talking about, we're also talking about a situation of they are in a position of power and yeah. authority and dominance. And the woman is and, always half undressed and going, take me. And always in a position of submissiveness and, uh, you know, and, and weakness, comparative weakness and stuff like that. And it's always, it's it's strength versus weakness so often, and it's it's you know they're they're putting forward power. I mean, as, as opposed to I mean, dominance. Actually, a positive like example said. is you know her elbow position aside. I didn't see any Hunger Games posters that made me go. They're trying to make me want to fuck a seventeen-year-old girl. Yeah, they just said she's look, she's tough, she's a badass, she's got a superhero. Yeah, she's got tits. They're in the picture. You can't hide them. But she wasn't being sexualized by the poses they were putting her in. She was being idealized, like you're talking about. Yes. But it wasn't my, like my, it, and, and my contention isn't so much that they are not sexualizing, you know, Scarlett Johansson because <laughs> clearly they are. Your contention are. is that they are sexualizing the men, and you're wrong. I, okay, D- yeah, that is the distinction, and I disagree. Okay, good. You're fine. All right, <laughs> you, but you're wrong. Oh, <laughs> They're I'm not nuts. sexualizing them. They are it's idealizing just you, them. It, no, They're it's just you sexualize them. men in a no. Way. That's not you, sexualization. No. That what you're talking about is not sexualization. The problem is the thing is that's probably the closest that people come to sexualizing men. But that's that I shows agree the, that the disparity. Dynamic is different. That shows the female inter- psychology the is fundamentally different. Okay, it's don't blame funny. it on women. No, that, I'm not, that, that's I'm not the blaming way. The, and okay, I'm totally not blaming women. It's just the psychology of what men find attractive and what women find attractive is fundamentally different. Right, but the point is that it's not... The idea is not trying to make you... They're not primarily there to be, look, don't you want to fuck this guy? They're primarily there to be like... Honestly, they're primarily there... The word is titillating. Huh? Yeah. They're not there, the to there to be titillated. The guys are there to be titillated. No, no because, they, they because can be there to be admired. You can go. That's a good-looking man. Yeah, the, and, and that's not a sexual thought. Yeah, that's a that's a handsome, attractive. Because that's the they're there you're for, having no, as no, a man. no. Because they're there. No. no, if if what you're talking about is happening, man, then it's happening as as a side effect. Because again, I can say that's books, a good-looking Shetland pony, and yeah. it's not sexual either. Like, comic, you know, that's a beautiful line that horse has to it. Comic books are primarily for. You're not No, but that's my point too. Comic books are primarily attracted to the pony. Listen, comic books are primarily for the male audience. They're designed for the male audience. If the if the men were being sexualized, it would make the male audience uncomfortable. Can we continue this in an intermission? <laughs> I would like it's a good cuz the whole chat room is divided we're, on it too. It's we're about to have some shawarma here. Let's yeah. come back to it later. All right. All right. We're at the so end. anyway, so the Avengers uh, fought a bunch of guys and, so and stick apparently figures, won. bang bang bang. Yeah. yeah. Basically there was but not was much fun. to talk you know, about. I do anyway. want to fuck Hulk they, though. They weren't they weren't necessarily stick figures because they introduced them to us as characters. So yeah. that's cool. I like this line that he's about to give when he wakes up, which is, did somebody kiss me? Um, <laughs> because it was originally written for her to say, and the, just the script got rearranged, but he kept the line. And he's like, I, hope, I, th- I feel like we probably lost the indication that that was a storybook reference. I'm like, no, I, that's what I thought it was, and it was funnier yeah. that way. Okay, well, we totally blew over the, the, the whole moments where you are expecting, you're supposed, the movie wants you to think that, yes, he has made the ultimate sacrifice. But the trailer has completely the trailer has blown, already blown that, that surprise. Yeah. yeah. 
that's that's one of those things. Like even even as much avoidance of Avengers hype as I tried to do, it's like, well, I know there's a shot where yeah. the Hulk catches Iron Man from falling out of the sky and tears a building down on his way down. And it's like, and it hasn't happened yet. So I wonder how Tony's going to get out of this pickle. Yeah, I wonder if the oh, see, because it's a and, and, you know, it's like it's the last it's the last peg that hasn't been put in place. Is you know the redemption of the Hulk and yada blah, boom, and you know. So that was that was again. That's marketing. God damn you, marketing. You yeah. know. Has anyone ever gone to Google and typed in the or, or found out the frequency of Google searches for shawarma? There is an it, image. It, if you just, I'm sure it, it, goes, it spiked yeah. massively when yeah. when the movie came out. Yeah. What is shawarma? Is it sandwiches? It's the Middle Eastern. It's yeah. yeah. It's, it's I like, mean shawarma. Uh, uh, like couscous is like all shawarma heroes sandwich. It's like it's all kind of the same thing, just the regional right. differences. Um, uh, falafel, like the, I think they're all kind of. Similar, but just have you regional had variations. I have not specifically had shawarma. I think no. I have. And you hate dogs. I think shawarma is Indian more than Middle Eastern, but I could be wrong. But um, I could, I, I could easily be wrong too. I'm, I, I'm, I have had it. I know that, but it's, it's you know, it's just, it's a different kind of a combination than you think. But otherwise, it's you know, it's pieces of bread and pieces of meat and sauce, and yeah. you know, it's not it's like meat, it's not like bread, sauce, and vegetables in a different order. Yeah, I, I, you know, this is the only way they could oh, shoehorn um, Stanley in because they had written him a real cameo scene and it got cut so they had to figure out another way to get it in here this is a little ham-fisted for me i liked what they did the first time what they did was uh cap was sitting there at the uh, diner who the same waitress the growing pains girl uh was talking to him for a second and stan, uh, lee and stan lee turned around and said you should have gotten her number or you know ask for a number you idiot or something like that but it was really brief and it was actually part of the scene and it didn't require you know Stanley to just sort of be waiting for the camera to arrive at him, and then he says one pithy thing and turns back to his chess game unnaturally. Like it just worked better in the in the deleted scene. But I'm glad they got yeah. him in there. I'm, I'm, I'm also I'm glad. Okay. He's oh, there she is. There she's. Yeah, yeah, her. They got her back. Yay! Yeah. Someday, someday the the trivia is going to be, and this was Stanley's last Marvel movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be a thing. Going to be the one. The um. By the way, at, at LBCC there was a woman, uh, and it was a woman who was dressed as uh, how Tony Stark looks like here with the silver with the silver. Anvil case and the and, and that suit and the beard, but it was a woman cosplaying as Tony Stark in this scene, and and pretty good because she was you know she had the right face for it. <laughs> you know, once you put the facial hair on, it actually worked. Really I have well. seen a lady or two who look better with facial hair. I think you know aside from the the the, the natural rejection you have to go ah whoa what's going on you know a bearded lady or something. Some people's faces just sometimes you need to fill in a gap here or there with a beard or a mustache. And it happens with everyone, man. I've, it's not seen, just I've seen that. I've seen a woman go. You know, you need oh. to, you, you could really rock a mustache. It, it's not like, oh, that that's attractive. It's like that actually doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, it works. It's the same thing as like a girl with a shaved head. It's just a more extreme example of it. It's just sort of a, hey, hey, you look shot. pretty fucking good like that. Rock it. They should have Freddie Mercury a needed a mustache. And Powers Booth, I think, is also one of those guys in the in the screen. Is it Powers Booth? I don't know. Powers Booth and Jenny Agater. Moose Bush. I was really happy. I was like, where's she been? You know, God damn it. American Werewolf in London. Shower scene. Hello. Yeah, sir. How does it work now? Because I really want to know how many well, movies. Well, you go back to your TV series for the, the duration of the spring. But and we'll you find out who the fucking mother is. <laughs> For God's sake. Really? And then, you know, we'll, we'll probably do another one of these and you'll come back and, and we'll we'll talk more. I heard a funny uh, thing. It was on Reddit about how I met your mother and what's going to end up happening. This was his joking punchline for the series he says what's going to happen is he's going to get to the end of the story and the last episode is going to be and then he's at like a strip club and 
yanks one of the strippers out behind the back room and then they make out and she go, he goes back to her place and then it's and that's how i met your mother uh last night she's a stripper cool story dad yeah exactly what was all I that just, what was all that told, detail I, about I, hey it never says oh, it. that was it that was just says color their, it's yeah. their dad it just says it's their mother so it could just be a thing where it's like and i just told you my whole life story and uh last night i met your mom big shaggy dog story I love this. And it was incidental that they were going to end on the A shot here because it was initially the way they ended the fight scene, but it got reappropriated and uh, they go out with the only the A on the building, which is cool. I mean, it's just a great movie shot where it's like, ah, you guys, Thank you, it. I see you what you did the there. A. You, big A. Drew Goddard. Yeah. Drew Goddard. He is great really job, accepting. Drew. Anyway, uh, the Avengers accomplished something odd uh it, it shouldn't have worked and it did and i'm really proud of everyone involved here because my god it, it couldn't it couldn't have possibly worked and uh, yet it did somehow so good job team i look forward to finding out what happens with avengers 2 um i'm also really curious to find out what happens with avengers 3 because i'm assuming joss <laughs> is going to be like i fuck this shit and I'll watch it be a thing where they get like someone who's they're like putting all their money on the guy who can just keep up with this stuff and it just falls apart and proves it's all right then again watch it be you know some other guy does it and nails it and prove it's all wrong and joss whedon isn't special and black is white and up is down but um <laughs> avengers cats living together is great and uh good job y'all brian yeah it's it's a movie that as as we've labeled other movies in the past, it's a movie that has no right being as good as it actually ended up being. And this might be the the most that example uh, that we've ever done. I wonder if there, I can't think of anything else like had no right to be as good as it was. We we said that about Twilight. But we weren't being extremely well, yeah, positive yeah. about it, but we did but say that about in terms about of like the dichotomy between. How good it ended up versus right, how yeah, right. bad it really could have been. Yeah. We've, we've been a bunch of should have been much better. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Way the opposite is the trend. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dorkman, how about you? Uh, Avengers. Yeah. I'm, I enjoyed it. I, I it, it pay, it's almost like we talked about with the, with the box set and everything. It's like, it paid it off enough that I'm going, okay, I'm ready for the next eight movies at, yeah. that are prequels to Avengers 2. That'll get I, us there. It's well, like as, as I hope a, so because you're getting them. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Okay. You're waiting for the prequels to the next sequel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, it's like I'm okay with the box sets. Yeah. Overall, like the batting average. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's and fine. I'm and, yeah. well, and no, I'm still I know my favorites, but as uh, as a, more, some more than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As a film fan, I am still fascinated by by the just the fact that they're doing it. They're still even yeah. if the movies don't always turn out great i'm still fascinated by what they're trying to do yeah, it's, here it, it's yeah. the first experiment of its kind yeah. which is which is kind of interesting i wonder oh, what they're it. gonna say so here comes that guy with a red face that that if i was a fanboy, <laughs> i, I wonder know, if they're, they're gonna longer. actually say his name in the subtitles uh, no i don't think they no, will because they do, he doesn't he, he just turns to the camera and, and says smiles. He smiles. something villainy or no he just smiles yeah he doesn't even say anything yeah and the person who's talking right now is just credited as the other. It's just so insane that, that you know, after all the great production value that these scenes all take place on unused it, Star Trek original series. It feels set. so small it's and so such like flats. Yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. Trey, how about you and Avengers? Hold on. Oh. That's that. That's then. That's then. He's big. No, it's villain. the Hellboy guy. It's it's. it's, it's I know. It's like Hellboy. Yeah, I totally thought it was Ron Perlman. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Which was like, okay, I could get behind that if it's going to be Ron Perlman doing something. That's fine. Trey, the Avengers, the Avengers. I, I, you know, as as we said, like, wow, okay, they they brought it home and all that. Um, it would be so awesome if they would just stop 
right now. <laughs> yeah. Just there. See? Done. Moving on. Next year from Disney, something new and creative and original. That Star Wars. That isn't tied. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's And that's the ultimate tragedy is like Disney now, which means half of movie making, is going to just be selling us the Avengers and Star Wars every other year yeah. until we finally stop buying it from them. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the specialness of Star Wars is gone because, you know, it's like, yeah, they're going to make one movie. And after that, they're going to make five DVD, direct-to-DVD movies of Star Wars. And there's going to be a television series. There's going to be more cartoons. It's well, like it's the same with Avengers. Exactly. We're, We're all going to, you know, before before the decade is out, all of us will have made either an Avengers or a Star yeah. Wars movie or television show, if not both, because everyone's going to get to make them now because they're not. They're, they're they're not gonna, in they're the future, need... everyone will direct a Star Wars film. Exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's just a Disney's just like, OK, we found food. The pigs will eat. Just shovel it in the trough as hard and fast as we can until they go. I'm tired of this food, and then we have to come up with something else. Right. But we've got years of them eating this now. So far, we've we've never had to think of anything besides Mickey Mouse. Yeah, so, so I think we got time. No, they don't. They 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 fed us pirates until we go tired of pirates. What else you got? Uh, Avengers coming down at you now. So so you know. And and whether those things are good it plays a certain role in whether we get tired of them or not. But boy, they you know they ate up enough Avengers movies, even the bad ones, to to justify making this movie. So that could have been an experiment that you know died with Iron Man. If Iron Man had tanked, and yeah, you know, then we would never have seen the Avengers. Yeah, Iron so. Iron Man and and Hulk happened at this or Incredible Hulk rather. Yeah. Iron Man and Incredible Hulk happened at the same time, and they were you know they kind of. Incredible Hulk at least referenced Iron Man. That was the first yeah. one where there was yeah. cross pollination. Well, RDJ made a cameo. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. At yeah. the end, it was the post. It was the post, the post credits, credits of, thing. Yeah. But in of the Nick end, Fury showing up after yeah. the credits, it was. And we have to, RDJ. We have to shout out Mike's credit whenever it goes flying by. Yeah, but, I'm uh, gonna, I was going to point it out. <laughs> okay, okay well, feel free to jump in on that. Yeah. But in the end, it's, it's you know, it's it's like it's the way we started. Basically, we said this this could have been awful. This could have been John Carter Jr. This could have been any number of awful franchises. Um, it isn't that it's it's actually it's very enjoyable it's it's something that even i can you know go to the theater and go i don't regret that i saw that in the same way that i regretted seeing snow white and the huntsman or prometheus <laughs> or any of the other movies they gave us this summer uh, i still yeah. can't believe this was just earlier this year i know yeah. like, so it's uh, it's really fun and it's it just goes to, goes to show that these you know this can be done you have to be really good at it to, to pull off something yeah. that's that's this this high quality and you know and I was, as we've determined you know it's not like I love every every frame of it but uh, th I forgive so much the parts I don't like because I guess we said in the beginning how much pressure there was from so many different sources to make this be this or that or the other thing yeah that the fact that it came through all of that that incredible meat grinder of of you know, suits to uh, to come out and be an entertaining movie is is a testament to some of the suits who clearly let it happen. Yeah. So God bless them and uh, and Joss Whedon and all the creative people. Yeah, Joss is actually. Oh, Stephen King worked as an animation lead hey, who at ILM. All right, that, um, that guy can do anything. Joss is actually a good example because we've been aware of him. Some of us since Buffy, and some of us since um, you know Firefly or or. or dollhouse god help you um but uh god help us all yeah the uh he's he's like the epitome of the the 15 years to become an overnight sensation yeah story yeah. that you hear about in hollywood because yeah. because so so many in the in the nerdosphere were just banging that drum for <laughs> for d decades yeah like yeah. give joss whedon anything god damn yeah, it right. and well and there's then, the buffy generation and the firefly generation and then it's like 
oh, but he did Toy Story. Wait, what? Yeah. So he's he's been around. Whoa. And yeah. there's, there's longer that, than anybody I think. And what's great is the, the the weed and hipster backlash has already begun. <laughs> yeah. Because there are people now he's too big. He's now sold like out now, now like weed and fans are like, well, see, I was into him back when he was doing Buffy, and you know, now it's like it's a different thing. You know, it's like now it's not cool for for those people. They just they're just hipstering it. It's not cool to like Joss as much. You gotta move on to, you know, Ryan Johnson now or something like that. Oh yeah. Oh, I love Ryan Johnson. He's he's still underground. <laughs> yeah, but there. you always have back even, you know, before he was cool. So there Yeah, you go. I'm I'm a real hipster. That's yeah. right. He'll make a successful movie pretty soon and then you'll have to hate him. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do the outro. Just stop me when you show up. Yeah, we're vamping. This has been Down <laughs> in Front. You can always find our episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes and get a brand new episode every <laughs> single week. <laughs> See, we're out of we're even out of credits no, we'll, now. We'll Look at that. There. We're we're Just, on like Visual effects company number eight. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. I'll be, I'll be right Ryan at the Tabor. end of the depth uh, artist. Oh, right at the end. Bottom, bottom right. Last one, right. That's a good credit. The last one. Michael yeah, Scott. There it is. Look at that. Woo! Bottom right of that big chunk there. It's like you're not even alphabetical. Nope. I'm down at the end for Everyone some else, reason. Yeah, so no but that made, that made me weirdly really easy to spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the last so one. I get strong to do that. Yeah. Cool. iTunes every single week. Twitter.com slash down in front. Facebook down in front show. Email us at down in front show at gmail.com. Go to the forum involve yourself in the conversation great group of people a lot of heated argument going on about gender roles in comics in the thread um yeah. and oh, we're uh, sure. there will be oh, go yeah. to uh, the homepage, give us some money or buy one of our shirts either or or both and uh, holden hill designed to maintain that website you're on right now my name is always t christie brian finifter thanks scott thanks Doug. this has been down in front thank you very much for listening good night good night you guys want to get some shawarma <laughs> kind <laughs> of I, I is there one near here yeah no, i actually like shawarma no i need oh, i actually like shawarma no i need oh, i actually like shawarma no i need or actually like shawarma. No, I need. 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 Trendsinyourhead.com.